I think the misunderstanding is this. They see guys our size and they're like, well, you guys are lean all the time. I see your abs all year round. So you, you're not getting fat. So what are you talking about? But there was a period of five years where I did get fat. Like you have to build this amount of muscle somehow. And then when you start building this amount of muscle, when you get to, to 220 lean, 230 lean, 240 lean, 250 lean, then it's harder to get fat. Yeah. But there, but there was a lot of years between the ages 20 and I'd say 27 or 28 when I was coming up where I was gaining, like, I looked like a fucking slob. My wife just told me yesterday, she goes, you know, when I met you, you look like a fat pig. I go, I go, well, I, I still had some abs in my, you know, I could still see my abs. She goes, no, I couldn't. She goes, the first off season, me and you were together, there was no abs in well, your fucking. This was my very first prep, my, the start of my off season, I was a pound heavier than I am today. Oh yeah. There you go. Yeah. You know, and uh, James, do you remember back at Christmas, we were in the posing room in Muscle Works, me, you, and Luke. We almost yeah. had that conversation, right? Yep. Where we spoke about, like, fuck it, you've got to get fat. You, like, you do, one time, you've got to get fat and change your body, force your body to be a different... Yeah. Do. It's funny, if that's not, what... Go ahead, yeah, James, if sorry. Not, if not so the leverages in the gym to allow you to move more load to then stimulate more muscle. Yeah, it's like, funny. You know what I mean? God, being heavy yeah. lets you lift more. Yeah. yeah, Patrick said to me yesterday. Yeah. I had Patrick on the podcast yesterday. Okay. And I like the I like the terminology he used. He goes, "You almost gotta force the body violently to change." Hmm. And he meant by like pushing food because you have to push the food to a certain limit to get the body to go somewhere. So those were all my fat years. Like those years where I was fat between twenty twenty five, where those were the years where I was pushing my body past where it needed to be. And then when you build enough muscle, then you don't have to do it anymore. Body's inherently lazy, right? Or, or it's very efficient, whichever way you want to look at it. It will do only what it needs to do. Yeah. So if you're just going to put it into a slight surplus, it'll only adjust the least amount it needs to mm-hmm. then resume homeostasis to, to feel normal, right? To bring back balance. Or if you're trying to grow, mm-hmm. if you're trying to really grow, and I'm talking like, from a 210 pounder to a 250, 260 pounder, yeah. whatever it is, you have to tell it every day that that's what you're doing. Yeah, you have to force it. You have to remind it, keep reminding it and keep reminding it. You know what I really like though? I like uh, one of the things that's very different about Patrick's, uh, James, do you need to start your, you need to restart your stuff or you're kind of cutting in and out? Are you there? James, are you good or are you cutting out? Am I okay or not? Uh, now now right? you're you're kind of like choppy. Oh, it says my internet is unstable. Let me just make sure. Keep going, boys, and I'll see what I can sort out. Okay. Um, Sorry, uh, anyway, like I was saying, uh, one of the things I really like about Patrick's approach is he talks about pushing the calories really hard and pushing your body past where it wants to be and forcing it. But then he also says it's important to do a lot of mini cuts so that you don't get fat. So it's kind of like he's doing both things. It's almost yeah. like it's almost like Patrick's approach is kind of like mine and Greg's. He's saying like, "Look, you need to push your body to a place it's never been before, but it's not good to get fat. So every once in a while, you need to pull it back so you can, your your fat levels don't get out of hand." That's like two steps forward, one back. Two steps forward, one back. That's kind of, I think that's kind of his approach, which is is honestly, it's kind of like what I'm saying, and it's like what Greg's saying in one package. Yeah. But, but the ultimately the ultimately the 
ultimately the point I was trying to make is that you, that pushing, that forcing is what I was kind of trying to get at. So anyway, I just wanted to cover that. James, what are you, uh, how are you doing, man? Your diet? I know Ben, you said you're kind of dying right now. James, are you dying? You're still going strong. Still good in a minute. Not a lot changed. Um, We've done a few, few low days this week, but my weight's holding pretty nicely. So um, no changes to report. <laughs> Seems all right so far. You look a little leaner. I don't know your face. Looks I, I am not. I am a little bit, but just the same weight. I haven't really changed. So Patrick's really happy. We did a, um, we, we caught up yesterday and he just said, yeah, body composition's improving, but weight's holding. I'm not going to moan. So yeah. Fingers crossed. Ben, you're uh you're not as you're not as happy <laughs> as J- as James is. <laughs> no, I, I we had a conversation this morning about this. I did my pictures today. Um, Justin actually just got back to me. He's happy. He just the the hit is annihilating me. So Why don't you? Sorry, can't you just ask him to do steady state? Is it really that big a fucking difference? <laughs> you wrote a thing on there that's, you know, uh, you said, let's keep pushing with the hit. And as we get you closer, we'll switch it across to steady state, the leaner you get. I don't mind, like I said to you, I don't mind putting the work in. I just don't feel like I had as much change this week as I did. You know what I mean? You don't see what you're hoping to see. That bit was the, you know, I mean, I was I was pretty busted last night. I went to yeah. bed. I missed my last meal. I went to bed and slept 15 hours. But the bit that was bothering me is my training has suffered. And that's the bit that I'm reluctant to say is, is acceptable, you know? It feels, it feels like it's a little too early for your training to suffer because you're still, what, right. se- seven weeks out? Eight. Yeah, see, I, I get that too, but not till I'm like two weeks out three yeah. weeks out yeah yeah I just had four or five weeks if I'm dragging ass and I'm just going through the motions in the gym that's fine I'm not you know I'm, I can start hungry I expect to be low energy this far out it was concerning I won't yeah. lie yeah you need to shit as of Monday and like I said to you I, I went in and benched on Tuesday and then after I benched I was like I'm not going to pick up a free weight today and I did everything machine I just my, I just had nothing in me. I couldn't grip. You know when your grip go, yeah, you just feel weak in your yeah, hands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's when you know something's, something's off. But well, well I'll keep doing what I can. But everything you're saying, the training, the loss of appetite, all that, it all points to like overtraining. All of it. It sounds like you're just doing way too much and with not enough food. Well, he <laughs> he bumped my uh, food up on my high day, which is. My high day was 970 grams of carbs, right? Yeah. With a milk. And he said, have an extra 200 on that day. I'm like, I mean, I'm, I'm struggling to, to fit those thousand grams in anyway. So you only have, you only have one high day a week. Yeah. See, the only thing I, the only thing I could fall back on is I know Justin's fucking super smart. So I would just listen to him. Just, yeah. So, yeah. I, I, yeah. Listen, I'm not being a bitch. I'm just, I'm not looking for a way out. I'm just letting you know right where I'm at, how I'm feeling, what I'm seeing, and what I'm, you know. And yeah. you, I am happy to carry on pushing. Just I need you to be aware of what everything that's going on. And then if you decide, let's keep pushing, okay, well, let's keep pushing. Yeah. I'll do what I'm told to do. Yeah. I had Patrick on yesterday, James, and I got all the secrets now. Was it, was it a good episode? 
Did you have a good time? Actually, yeah. It, we, you know what? We learned. I learned quite a bit. Like we talked a lot about the calorie surplus thing, which was uh, a little bit eye-opening because I like. What his... was his opinion on um, the surplus, like the amounts versus what we were saying and what Duchesne was saying? Well, uh, what basically what he says is kind of like I was saying to Ben is it's, it's kind of like it's almost like he believes what both of us are saying, which is you need to push the body really, really hard to get it to a point. But if you start seeing too much fat, you need to pull it back. Yeah. But he said, there's going to be, he goes, when somebody's starting out, see, this is the part that confused me, well, not confused me, but surprised me. He said, when someone's starting out, those calories need to be pushed even harder than when somebody's not harder. Sorry. Well, he said, when someone's starting out those, uh, the pullback periods, the, the mini cuts yeah. are going to be, are you, are going to be more frequent and they're going to be longer because somebody starting out is going to gain fat a lot faster. Okay. Yeah. But he said to get them to break plateaus and to build new muscle, you have to push the calories really hard and bring their body to a place that they've never been before. Of course. Yeah. Which, which is, is really what we all did, which is what we've yeah. all done. Yeah. Yeah. But it's really interesting because he says the same thing about training. I've got you a know? question. Yeah. In your experience only, because between us, we've got like, what, 40 years of experience in this? Yeah. You find you grow less, sorry, you grow more now on less calories than you did at the beginning. That makes sense. I haven't got to push my food as brutally as hard anymore. I, I don't. I, I, I still have the same experience. I still, if I eat 4,000 calories right now, I'll just get lean. Really? Yeah. But if I ate 4,000 calories when I was 25, I would be, I would be growing. Like, obviously, because mm-hmm. I've gained more muscle. You know what I mean? Like, it just, yeah, yeah, yeah. if I want to, and you know, this is a perfect example. James is a perfect example. Because I said this to Patrick yesterday. I said, you know, when a, you know, when a pro comes out, and you see them for a couple of years and you kind of know what their body looks like, you know, where they fit, you know, where they're going to be, you know, if they're going to be a top five guy or a top 10 guy, top 15 mm-hmm. guy. I'm like, I said to him, I'm like, James is kind of, I kind of knew everybody kind of knew where James was going to be. Mm-hmm. Like I, I thought I knew where James was going to be. I kind of knew what his body's going to look like. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick comes along and I'm like, you've doubled this. Like it's a different person, but I think that's because of, it's like me right now. If I want to, I don't know if I can still can at 41, but let's say I wanted to make this drastic change. I would have to fucking start eating like five, six, 7,000 calories to get my body to go past where it is. And that's kind of what he was saying on the podcast is these guys, when they, when they weigh 280, 290 pounds, they physically cannot eat sometimes the amount of food they need to eat to push their body to build that extra pound of muscle. Yeah. Whereas, whereas when you only weigh 200 pounds, you can still physically get in four or 5,000 calories and and push your body. You you know, you're, 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 I don't know to what extent, but your, your digestive system doesn't grow. Yeah. So as you get bigger, you still got to deal with the same size digestive system as you had when you were a smaller guy. That's right. So it becomes difficult. So it's so true. Literally, literally what he said, Ben, on the podcast was if these guys had a second stomach, I could get them to keep growing. Bang. But there's yeah. only but there's only so much food their stomach can handle, so they're only yeah. going to get so big. There's only so, so many hours in the day. There's only yeah. so much food you can utilize. There's only so much room for passage, and if you can maximize that passage, that's when you get the most result. But it's really difficult to know what is the maximum someone can cope with. Yeah. Well, you know what I found very interesting about his approach is it's different from very very many coaches in the sense that I've never worked with a coach who is like, we're going to change your training this way to make your body utilize more food. 
like most guys, most, most coaches in the off season will say, okay, here's 5,000 calories. Yeah. And if you can't eat it anymore, they'll say, Oh, add in half an hour cardio every morning and your appetite will get better. And then you can eat more food. Yeah. Patrick's approach is no, no, no. Let's fuck with your training and make it so much harder yeah. that your body is starving for the food. Yeah. Well, Milos did that with me. Yeah. I don't, I've, I don't, I've never worked with Milos. So maybe that's why. Right. But I've never, I've never heard a coach say that or worked with a coach that has done that. Yeah. I think just, that's a very wise thing to do because it's like yeah. create demand. Yeah, you know, yeah, and create create demand with the fun stuff. You know, we all love to be in the gym, so you might as well make that the part that creates the demand. Instead of yeah. saying do another half hour cardio, which is the bit we fucking hate, mm. you know, get in the gym for a bit longer or do a few more condensed sets that require a little bit more of your effort. Well, you that's know, a, right. Sorry, go ahead, Ben. You sent me training nine times a week, and I was pounding. Yeah, but wait a minute. But wait a minute. This is the thing that this is the thing that got me the most is like take uh, Roman Fritz or uh, Justin Compton. They essentially did this, but they did it by adding way more value, volume. So they would train like AM, PM, yeah. which is going to work because it's going to increase your appetite, but it's also going to break, break down your body pretty fast. Yeah. What's interesting to me about Patrick's thing is like, we're going to make, what he calls it is the density of a set. Yeah, density. Yeah. So instead of adding more volume, we're going to make each set so much harder that your body's going to need more, but we're not going to be in the gym longer. Yeah, yeah. And I thought that was really fascinating because I've never heard that before either, right? Like, yeah. It's really we cool. When you yeah. feel it. You feel it. Honestly, like, I couldn't have made the jumping calories I had unless I started with Patrick's training, which I did. Because mm -hmm. bear in mind, I was doing Patrick's training before he was coaching me. And that created my appetite. And then he was able then to take over with the food. And I was ready to eat because I was like, Patrick, I'm fucking hungry because of what you've made me do in the gym. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that order is always really good. Like, if you do the training first and then create the demand and then you'll find that within a matter of weeks, you can actually slip into a diet that he would do yeah. and manage it because you can't just do it. You have to literally spend a bit of time, you know, burning out a little bit and actually getting tired and then being hungry and needing to create, yeah. you know, needing that food back in order to then continue to do that type of training. Yeah, he said that yesterday too. He said it takes, it's not going to happen on like on day one. He was, you got to kind of work through it yeah. and your, your body will start to need more as you go. Anyways, listen, if you guys want to check it out, the podcast I put up this morning, uh, it's on the channel. It's fascinating. Like he's a check it out because I really enjoyed the first one. Yeah, he was. Uh, he's just a like an encyclopedia man, and he's so good at explaining things in like bro science terms. Yeah, that I can like. I you can pick it all up, and you know exactly yeah. what he's talking about. It's not over your head. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's. You know what? Like, and I'm not trying to kiss ass. He's just a really good man. Like the guy speaks five languages for God's sake. Like, does he really? Yeah, like he's. He just makes effort like in all things in life, in all aspects, to be a better human. And I think that's the trait that is most attractive about a coach is if they, you know, genuine, genuinely want to be good at what they do. And he wants to be the world's best coach. He says it every time to me. Yeah. And, he, and I think he will be. I honestly think he will be in time. Well, like I said, I mean, you see a lot of coaches that take guys that are already great and they make them like 5% better. Mm. But it's not often that you see guys that are already great and then they're like, all of a sudden these guys are already great, but he's made like this jump. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. not normal. That's not normal to see at our level. You don't normally no, see totally, a guy, totally. you don't normally see a guy that's already a pro for two, three, four, five years, make a sudden, yeah, like a dramatic change. Right. Definitely. So definitely. Um, anyway, so you guys are doing good. Weeks are good. Everything's good. Decent. Kind of with you. Huh? What's that? How's your diet going? I feel great, man. I'm stuck at 280 and I'm just, my body's just transforming. Like, uh, 
You know, it's funny. I, I'm going to tell some things that I didn't want to say earlier, but now I can say them because I feel better. So when I started the prep, I would like do my front relax. You know, after my workout, I would pose and my shoulders were like sloping. Man. I had like, <laughs> like they, they were like on this angle. Yeah. And now they're fucking back. The cap is back. Yeah. So just little stuff like that, man. I was like, cause for a while I was like, I don't think this shit's going to come back. And now like every week I'm noticing things are starting to click again. So getting leaner, but my weight is staying the same. So I think I'm going to be, if I do end up getting on stage, I think I'll be a little smaller than I was previously. But if I can get my waist down in size, then I think overall the proportion will look similar. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I still haven't like 100% guaranteed the show. I'm going to wait till I'm like three, four weeks out to. The, the, the good thing is like regardless as a business venture, it's a great move anyway for you because whether you compete or not, it's going to be an opportunity to show the people that are maybe new to the range that this is what you can do and what you know how to do. Yeah. But also it's great for like images and stuff like that. So if a show comes, that's a bonus as well, which I hope it does because I want to see you compete. Yeah. But it's, it's, it's also just great to see someone who's a CEO of their own company walk the walk and talk the talk, yeah. you know, like do both rather than just fucking say it. It's funny. I've never done a prep with other things going on. It's always been like just a prep. And yeah. you asked me, you asked me about my diet and I'm actually like not even thinking about it. Cause I'm more excited this every month. Like this month we broke a record. We broke our record from last month. Like we're just every nice. month the company does is doing better and better. So I'm like, Good. the diet seems easier because the actual focus is my business. Yeah. If that makes sense. Honestly, I find I'm probably the busiest I've been during a prep because certainly my first two or three preps, I was actually signed off work, right? Off the yeah. my so I decided to compete because I had nothing better to do. Yeah. <laughs> and it's hard when you're bored. Yeah. Well nothing to do. Dieting sucks. Yeah. yeah. You're like watching like I am not I'm so busy right now, I can't think of I'm I'm not even worrying about I'm just well, what am I supposed to do? Shit, okay, quick, make that and move yeah. on. I was late. I've, I've been late for a couple of meals because I'm busy. Yeah. Being so. occupied is the best thing for a prep. Like, if you don't have too much time to sit and wallow about the difficulties of prep, it'll be a breeze. Yeah. <laughs> it's when you sit there and stew on it, like, oh, fucking hell, I'm prepping. Dude, you're right. Because my whole career, you know, I had contracts. I didn't have anything to do. So I would eat. <laughs> I would eat. And then I would stare at the fucking time. And I'm like, okay, I got an hour and 55 minutes to go <laughs> and I would just count the minutes. And also when you do that, you feel like you're a slave to the time. Oh you feel like God. you can't, you feel like you can't go anywhere or do anything. Cause you're like, I've only got an hour and 50 minutes. It's a countdown. Yeah. Yeah. It's totally yeah, true. Yeah. What's that? Ben, did you cut out? Did we lose Ben? We might have. If it's not him, it's me. It's one of the two. No, I got, I got, you know, what's wrong with you guys? I got you. You're okay. James. There you go. There you are. What did you say, Ben? I said I actually have to set a schedule, like an alarm on my phone after I train to make sure I hit my meals on time. Because if I don't, yeah. I'm not being up too late to get yeah. them in. I'm yeah. not eating food. I'm just, it's just too much to do in the day, you know? Yeah, yeah. I hear you. I have found, I'll tell you boys now, I have found on like, Patrick's very high days mm -hmm. that sometimes I have to literally do that. It almost drags into the next day. What's Patrick's high day? Like how many calories do you have to eat? So the, the, the high days, the like, it's around about 850 carbs um and it's it's like six solid meals and two shakes okay so it's i don't know but in fitting training in as well it becomes a stretch yeah so often i've like had every meal say bar the last one falling asleep then i wake up at like 3 a.m and i have to have the last one 
Yeah, but yeah. you know, you do what you got to do. But I, I do find that's what happens on the on the high day quite often. You know, I've, my... nev- I've never ever done a diet that had. I think I've only had seven meals a day a handful of times. I've yeah. never done a diet consistently with seven or eight or more meals. I don't know how. I don't even know how you do that. It's it's it's, it's fucking hard work. I'll tell you yeah, yeah. But I'm glad because like the the lower day that we have now is only six. Oh, okay. So it does balance out. It's quite easy yeah. to fit in. Yeah. You know, when, I, uh, when I was working with Milos and he did my peak for me, I'll, uh, it was including shakes because he does amino acid shakes in between meals. Like, he does pulsing aminos. Yeah. It, it, was, it ended up being 13 like feed intakes a day. I was like, I'd have to get up at five to start and I'd finish at 11. Dude, and I'd, not... I'd finish eating because I didn't meal prep. I don't. I hate meal prepping. I just cook. I As you go, yeah. I would finish, well. I finish eating and sit and wait for like 20, 25 minutes. But shit, I've got to start cooking again. <laughs> Honestly. I was my- Dude, isn't that, isn't that overkill though? Like, do you really think that helps? Four days, I mean, I, I, did a, I did a four day carb up with him for a photo shoot. I said, go extreme with me. And when and we hit diuretics, we hit insulin, we were going. The whole thing, eh? I'd say, I it fucking worked. I I looked twenty pounds heavier. I was the same weight. Yeah. I looked twenty pounds. It filled you out. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've I, seen a Milos plan before. It might have even been yours, Ben. You might have shown me one time. And it was like literally things highlighted in red in between every meal. Yeah. So like literally like you got the black writing, which is all the normal meals, and then you got these shakes highlighted red and they're like ten grams of amino acids, bloody glutamine, whatever else. <laughs> yeah, plus plus normally bread and jam. Yeah, with- yeah, yeah. Um, do you guys want to get to some of these questions? We got like 200. Man. I'm going to take, I'm going to take the first one from Antoine. Oh, Antoine asked a question. He gets, uh, IFBB courtesy. He says, would you accept the gains of two inches on your calves and your arms? If you had to lose one inch on your dick. <laughs> I haven't got anything to spare there. He doesn't even. <laughs> It depends how much you play. You got to play with in the first. That's yeah, what I've big old. <laughs> I can't. I can't afford to lose uh, even a centimeter. To be honest, <laughs> you're a fucking liar, James. James, no, probably, James, probably walking around with a baseball bat. You know? No, 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 no. I'm all right, but I'm not that fucking long. I heard that's Evan. You heard that's Evan. <laughs> no, no, no. You know, I heard that, you know, I heard that story about Evan backstage. You've probably seen it. What? Apparently he just walks around butt naked with his horse dick out. Who? Evan? Evan. Senapani. No, he doesn't. At every at every show or just one he did it at one show? No, maybe not every show, but I know he's done it. He just walks around with his big tongue out. I've competed with him two or three times. I've never seen him walk around naked. You didn't you didn't even check it out, did you? You didn't check his size. Well, it was hard to miss. He walked by and I just saw this huge so Wait, so he is huge. So he is he's confirmed he's huge. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> he's confirmed. I don't know that. All I'm saying is that sounds like a rumor that he walks around naked with his horse stick out. I don't know if I've ever seen that. Evan, Evan seems way too reserved to do something like that. He I seems just, I don't. There's there's a dark side to every man. I want to know where that's true. There'll be someone that can confirm that. Well, I'll just ask him on the podcast next week. You just ask him, I'm sure. Surely, and he'll come on and we'll ask him. We'll be like, "Do you walk around naked with your horse stick out?" Anyway, back to the back to the question. So, James, you're a no. 
Uh, no, definitely not. Definitely. Ben, you're a no. I think I could spare it. Not, <laughs> not, not because I'm walking around with a baseball bat. Because two inches is good, though. Let me just say, how can I say this? My Don't wife me. is my wife is small. Let's just say that. so i think i could get away with it and she would still be happy the i'm bodybuilding to me is not essential so i'm okay yeah but i'm saying i my wife would lose zero pleasure so i would rather have the fucking two inches on my arms two these yeah. arms and calves, though, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and my calves. That's a good. That is that is decent, dude. That puts me like that puts me in the top ten at the top Olympia. three, man. Top three, yeah. bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Because think about it. Now I'm in the top ten at the Olympia. I got all this fucking money. Whatever I lost in the bedroom, I can make up for with fucking material things. This is it, man. Gucci bags. All right. That's right. Gucci bags and private jets. I'd be like, "What do you want, honey? You want Gucci bags or you want a bigger dick?" It's not, you know, most women. After, thir- after 13 years of marriage, they're going to take the bag. This is true. This is true. 30 handbags. <laughs> uh, all right. All right. So I am saying yes. You guys are both saying no. We'll move on. Um, you and Luke already answered this epic question, but need to know their opinion. Would you rather? Oh, God. Oh, God. Come on. What is it? I don't know why this keeps going. Why would you ask this question again, Evan? Uh. It's not Evan Senapani. It's a different Evan. But he says, would you rather blow a man until he finishes or be a strict vegan the rest of your life? Blow a man once. Yeah, you and Luke are like on it. You're like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> Didn't even think about it. You're like 100% I would. Where I'm, at. I'm not doing it for enjoyment. I'm doing it so I don't have to be a fucking vegan. I don't know if I could do, like, do it, though. Yeah, you could. Imagine how you'd feel. Like I could say I could do it, but I don't know if I could actually do it. I, don't, I do hit cardio every morning. That that sucks. It's <laughs> <laughs> comparing. Yeah, I don't know if that's the same. Yeah, I don't know if that's the same. Like, <laughs> you make, like sure you, you make sure you're fucking good at it, so you get it done quick. Is it, that's that's what I asked Luke. I'm like, and I think James, you're on that podcast. I think we were talking to Luke about it. I, I think I was actually. I think yeah. I was. And I, I said, I said about it. And I remember. <laughs> I remember. What did you say to Luke? You said. What did he say? He said, "Oh, he said I'm gonna put." What well, he just puts his thing through the wall, and you're like, "No, no, you got to look at him." Yeah, yeah, gotta, yeah. He said about something about a, a little hole being in the wall, and they can just poke it through. It's like, no, man, like, a, like, a glo- like a glory hole. Yeah, that's not the deal. That's not the deal. I'm gonna say the justification I've got in my head is sucking a man's dick isn't gay. Enjoying it means you're gay. But what if you do enjoy it? Ah, what if you what do because you, you have what to? If you and you're, you're like, like, this is my like thing. <laughs> And win because you've enjoyed it. And win, yeah, you win, win. You never know. Might be the way you're meant to go. You're like, oh, something new in my life. I didn't know I liked this. <laughs> Luke and I, we actually had the conversation. He was like, I'm sometimes. Luke said this. I'm sometimes jealous of bisexuals because they have all of the options. He said that to me too. Yeah, like you're not limited by anything. You can find this attractive or that. Well, you're not limited by anything. You're not limited. You can do whatever you want, Ben. We won't. We won't. We'll still love you. Um, I think if you did it, you'd have to be like, would it be? Is it better that it be a stranger or someone that you're really like close with as mates? I want to. If I had to do it, it would be somebody I'm never ever going to see again. Really? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought it could be like a little mate, little mate secret. (laughs) 
No, I, I wouldn't want to. I wouldn't want to make eye contact after that. I'll bump into yeah. Ben. I'll bump into Ben at the Olympia. All right, Ben, how you doing, mate? Oh, okay, let's move on. Oh. Um, <laughs> being around seventeen percent body fat, should I start bulking or still get a little more down in body fat to have a better starting point? Long-term goal is to put on a lot of muscle over years. Ben? I'll get down a little bit. The more, the more the leaner you are, the more sensitive you are, and the better you position on How do you feel about this? What if you're this kid and you're 17%, right? Yeah. What, what if you just said to him, "Where's your find your maintenance? Let's say his maintenance is like 3,500 calories. What if we just said, why don't you stay at maintenance with a really, or a little bit above maintenance with a really clean diet and let your body catch up to the body fat? Yeah, but that's getting leaner. No, I know, but no, well, he's not getting leaner. He's growing muscle, which is going to make him leaner as time passes. Yeah, but I'm saying it's not necessarily cutting. Like you're still in a small surplus. Well, call it what you want. It's still the same. We, we mean we're talking about the same thing. I would no, say we're, no, we're not. Time out. You're saying you're saying I would get down a little more. So I'm saying to get down a little more, he would be, have to be in a little bit of a deficit to lose some body fat. What I'm saying is he stays in a surplus, but with all clean food and lets his body catch up to the weight so that as the muscle grows, he gets leaner. Does that make sense? Yeah, I, I, get, I get that. We're saying the same thing. We're saying reduce body fat percentage. No, no, we're not. You're saying go on a diet and lose more weight. I said the leaner you are, the more sensitive you are, right? So if he's 200 pounds, right, mm -hmm. and he's 17% body fat. Yeah. And he stays at maintenance and stays at 200 pounds. And now he's 10% body fat. He's leaner. Yeah. Yeah. Agre agreed. But he's what, okay. But I'm talking about his diet, right? He's asking basically, should I lose more fat before I start bulking? Yes. So you're saying he should go in a deficit and lose more body fat. I didn't say that. I said he should lose fat. He said, he said from 17%, should I go, should I push some gold? I said, no. Right. He said, 70% should I bulk? I'm I lost. Think, I think me and you, Ben, are saying the same thing. We're using different terminology. That's what I said. We're saying the same yeah. thing. Yeah. yeah. So basically what I'm saying to this kid is, okay, if you're 17% and you're 200 pounds, let's hypothetically say your maintenance calories are 3,000. Yeah. I would stay at 3,200 to 3,500 and just let your muscle grow and that will make you leaner. Right, but I, yeah, we're saying the same thing. Well, yeah. Yes. But I think the way you said it, he like when he when someone writes this like that, like, should I lose more weight before I start bulking? I think he means, should I reduce my calories under maintenance and lose more body fat? Right. Well, and that, well, that's why I stipulated the leaner you are, the better position you want to grow. I mean, but you're not, but you're not saying he should be at a deficit. It, it can be it, get leaner however you see fit, you know. You're just, you're just, you're just confusing this kid now. No, all right, do what Fred says. No, no, that's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. That's not what I'm saying. I'm asking you to give him a specific, based on a hypothetical, if that makes any sense, based on a hypothetical three thousand calories. What should he do? You're the coach. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm just saying what do you think he should do if three thousand calories is maintenance for him? Fine. Huh? Then try to hold his weight and recomp. Yes. So where would his cal? Where would you set his calories if you were his coach? If maintenance is three, I would put him at two nine. 
Okay. See, then we are saying something different. You are. Yeah. You're saying let your body catch up with the calories. Yeah. And you're saying reduce the calories slightly. Yeah. We're saying yeah. something different. And I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying we have a different approach. No, my calories would be the same for the whole week, though, as yours. No, because you're saying 2,900 for the week. Yeah, and, and I said, I must have cut out. I said on two major body parts, I'd set them high. Oh, okay. I see what you're saying. So overall, it would work out. One, three, two a day. So you're basically saying a calorie or a carb cycling approach is probably the best idea because you can lose some body fat while still gaining some muscle. Yeah, like you don't have to get, you don't have to be in a deficit every single day with body fat, right? Okay. Versus you don't have to be in a surplus every yeah. single day muscle. Yeah. yeah. Kind of, we go through phases within okay. the week. Okay. No, no, that makes sense. That makes sense. I See, that's why we have to go out and talk it out because I need to know what you mean. That makes a lot more sense. I, I'm just going to tell you guys, while we were talking about this diet, I've been writing yellow post-it notes to the missus because I didn't want to disturb our talk. So I've been giving her orders for my next meal. <laughs> I mean, so just letting you know, if, you, if, you, if people noticed I was looking down and typewriting, it's because I'm literally writing what my next meal is and Yannicka's politely offered to prepare. I wish I could do that. Where's my wife? You weren't measuring your dick just to check. Mm -hmm. that you can't. Summer! I got to get her to, I'm going to write down what I eat and see if she'll make it for me. I WhatsApp Denise. I'm like, I just text her when I'm here. I, I was going to, but she's literally right next to me. So I thought I might as well yellow post-it note. <laughs> uh, okay. Um... Where the fuck were we? Did I lose my spot? Would you rather once a day get brain freeze, stub your toe, or bite your cheek? <clears throat> That's all shit. I hate all those. Biting your cheek is the worst. That because you bite it again after because you you make it swell. Because if you if you stub your sorry, what did you say, James? Ben? It's stubbing your toe and biting your cheek suck. Okay, but wait a minute. If you stub your toe, the pain is there for like five minutes and then it goes away. If you, bite, if you bite your cheek, that shit stays with you for like a week. Stays fat. Yeah. <laughs> I gave myself a spiral fracture on my metatarsal from stubbing my toe on a fucking sofa. Well, that's breaking your toe. That's not, that's not stubbing yeah. your it's toe. Got, it's got to be brain freeze, guys. <laughs> yeah, I would have brain freeze. Yeah, I would do the brain freeze for sure. Yeah, Fua, do you have, I don't think you have this drink, but we used to have a drink called, uh, what was that? Slush Puppy. Do you remember them, Ben? They have, they have something over here. Um, what do they call it? It's like, you know when you go to the cinema and they have what, like the blue or the red ice? Yeah, yeah. they just call them slushies. Okay, yeah. yeah. So I used to love those as a kid and I used to get brain freeze every time. Yeah. Love them. Yeah, I would take that over for sure over the stub your toe or the bite your cheek. There's probably someone out there that's got a bit of an addiction to that because it's like, you know, like people like things. <laughs> they just purposely give themselves brain freeze repeatedly. <laughs> James, you, you can always... imagine it, can't you? I can do that. Let's see. And I bet there's even worse. I bet there's people that brain freeze while doing sexual activities. Well. <laughs> it's like asphyxiation, but with brain freeze. Are you trying to tell us something here? So it's feet and brain freeze, right? Like you can literally have a list, couldn't you? Imagine like the, all the things you could do crossover. Why did she you say? Yannicka said that eating an ice lolly and kissing is good. We have a cold map. Why is it? How do you know about that? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who was this? <laughs> how, how did you know that? <laughs> uh, well, so apparently, yeah, apparently eating an ice lolly and then having a smooch is good. Well, Luke used to say uh, doing a mint and getting a blowjob is 
Yeah. Not, not as it's not as great as he thought it would be. DP on your dick, that suck. That is what it would be like. I never tried it. I'm gonna see if I can get that worked into my next next session. <laughs> Just pop a mento. Yeah. <laughs> Even on the uh, side. What is your most successful off season, and what factors do you attribute to it? Anyone want to start? I would say this one. I was just going to say, you're, this one, we're witnessing James's best offseason. Yeah. And, I, and, I, and again, like you said, it's a combination of a lot of things we've spoke about in this podcast. It's the, the creating the demand with the training and then that making you being able to eat fucking shit ton of food of good quality. Like those two things together, because let's be fake, let's be real, like our, the anabolics haven't changed. They're no different. Yeah. It's the same old shit. Yeah. So the two factors that have, you know, complemented everything the most is the demand and the food that responds to the demand. You're saying that drugs aren't the secret to all of this. Drugs aren't the secret. You know what's you know? amazing though, Ben? He has to say that because I've seen already in some comments that I've on videos I posted that people are like, yeah, James must be doing a lot more stuff because he's a lot bigger. And I'm like, yeah. it's not that fucking easy or else everybody would just do more shit. Yeah. It's like Pat said, Pat, they had people say to him, oh, like, just making comments like, oh, James must be running, like he said, shitload of IGF now. Oh, you know what's awesome I found out yesterday, and I didn't know this. Ben, you probably already knew this, but oh. uh, me and Patrick talked about GH and how more is not better. And I always, I actually, I know that sounds really obvious. I guess I should have known that, but he explained why. And that he was like, you really don't need any more than six IUs because after that, the, the bump you're going to get in IGF is gets go lower and lower and lower so you're just wasting your money and uh but no but it's it's funny because i think that's what people think about patrick they're like he's just giving his guys tons of shit and i'm like if it was really that simple all of us are already doing stuff we would just do more yeah i don't i don't want to speak for james so maybe i'm asking him this i know back in or i heard i can't remember whether you told me or luke told me or someone your cycle back kind of the off season with JP and it seemed pretty big. I would say you've run less this time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So like my, my cycle since been with even probably being with Phil from that period onwards were lower than when I was prior. Yeah. Um, again, nothing against, you know, everyone has their way. Everyone has their, their, their approach. Um, but, but in regards to the basics of how much gear has been used, yeah. definitely fucking God, probably not even two thirds, maybe. Yeah. Well, listen, man, there's one thing I know for sure is there's a limit to what works and what doesn't because I know like 2012, 2013, I started experimenting with some pretty high doses and my best gains came in 2015 when John took over and actually lowered all my doses. I mean, I think we took a lot of Winstrol for the show, but those are, that's just cutting stuff. It's different. Yeah, yeah, cutting stuff, man. <laughs> oh, I guess some actual cutting stuff going in. <laughs> Okay, I, what what's actual actually, cutting stuff? Tell me what's actual cutting stuff. Clen going in. Clen, okay. Well, that's why yeah. are you allowed to say Clen's cutting stuff and Winstrol's not? Winstrol's not using it off season because Clen is literally uh, a fat metabolizer. Yeah, but Winstrol is not used in a growth phase unless you're just I don't know trying to stay lean or something. Like nobody would use Winstrol when they're trying to bulk up. Yeah, because Winstrol has a carrier for strength, right? So, so you would use Winstrol in an off season? I don't. I'm saying oh. use it. Like, like James was saying earlier, the more poundage you can exert in a 
off season, the more muscle you can potentially grow, right? So yeah. you put in Winstrol. That's why sprinters, you like sprint. Winstrol is the sprinter's drug of choice, right? Yeah, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. It increases that anaerobic output, that that force production. They use so, it because they're trying to stay lean. That's why they want to get, get get cut for the track. Get <laughs> they want to get peeled when they're running. <laughs> they want separation. All right, maybe it's, maybe, maybe it's fucking old school, but when someone's... <laughs> I have to have classifications for things. Well, fucking comments I got with, oh, you must have put in the cutting drugs now. <laughs> my page, I was like, oh. I'm not the only one that uses... That's a normal term. Like, I don't know why that's so crazy for you guys. It's not crazy, to be fair. Like I say, with my, my, my friend Steve Avery used to help me. He's from the old school, and that's how we kind of worded it. There was different phases of a diet, and... Yeah, you know, six weeks out, it's time to do the cut. <laughs> With a bit of get the, get the, he's like, go on, get the winnie, get the trend. Fuck you guys, man. Bruno, <laughs> uh, I, I get you because we did. That's what the, the older school guys do. Say, we both know what you meant. We were just no, but I don't know. I don't know what the new new school new school guys say. Like, what do you say? Like something stupid, probably that's very long. Yeah, something overcomplicated. The fucking yeah. maintenance of muscle mass was fucking <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Like I get all the bullshit that we don't want to hear. I don't give a fuck. Yeah. The, the, the thing that's bothering me the most lately is how much depth everyone goes into the training talk. Like, stability mm. and then execution and blah, 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 and output and force and all this fucking... Yeah, nonsense. but wait a minute. When, we, when, we, when you listen to Patrick, though, it's pretty complicated. Yes, but he doesn't, he doesn't literally like, do a video of training and then almost like describe it like it's a fucking car engine. Yeah, he describes it very like in, yeah, yeah like, very, like you said in a bro manner, so we know yeah. what he's on about. But some yeah. of these people, fuck me. There yeah, is, that's that's their marketing tool, right? They're trying to. Yeah, seem... it, you fall asleep. You fall asleep before you finish reading the paragraph. Yeah, yeah. Like, there, there is narrative right now, and I, it's probably because we have access to more information, where people are overcomplicating shit, right? And I'm like at James's level, at your level, I get it. You're looking for that half a percent. Yeah, yeah. I can't tell you the amount of kids that have written me, like, DM me, hey man, I'm like, I know you're busy, but, and then I get this fucking. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, take 10 steps back. Yeah. You are way overthinking this shit. Like, cover the basics. That'll get, and we've said this, like Luke used to say, what does he say? Uh, Broad strokes. Broad right. strokes, not, yeah. not defined strokes. Define, define what do you say? He did word it like that. It was like the broad strokes of a, you know, focus on those. I can't remember the exact. Yeah, I can't remember the exact terminology. It's a good saying. I just remember that. Yeah. Like these young kids that weigh two hundred pounds, one hundred eighty pounds, whatever, and, and they've been training for a week, and you're like, you're not there yet. You're really not. Yeah. You like they'll still see James benching five plates, and they expect to be like that's what they think that that's what they need to do. They didn't know that. He started at one plate aside and put yeah. the work in over 10, 12, 13 years to get to that point, you know? Can I tell you guys how bad my first fucking year was? Like, dude, the first year I was bodybuilding, I think I put on, I was 192 at my first show. I was 202 at my second show, and it was only six months later or eight months later or something like that. So I put on like 10 pounds, but that's what happens when you're a beginner, right? You start doing a little yeah, bit of gear. really well. Yeah, you just, you, everything starts going, right? So I'm training my ass off, or what I thought was training my ass off. But my food was ridiculous. Like, just, I thought, like, Chef Boyardee was, like, a good source of carbs. And, like, you know those hungry man dinners you get, the frozen dinners? 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. Me and my boys would go buy those and throw them in the microwave and be like, okay, I got six ounces of steak. Yep. And it's like just this dog shit fucking frozen. I used to do the same before. I used yeah. to get like tins of chili. You know, like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but that's, what, but that's what I mean. Like right now there's so much information. There's no excuse, that, is there? That these guys, but no, but it's no excuse. But also these guys that are just starting out, they're way overthinking it. They are overcomplicating massively. Yeah. You can get in pretty good shape just from work. Like you, your diet might not be perfect, but if you put the fucking work in, yeah. a lot of you guys are like, oh, I want like to do things the smart way and the right. And they're, they're, that's fine, good, but they're skipping over the hard work with that. Mm-hmm. They want to fast track to a quicker way to do it. Maybe if they eat organic meat, they're going to get leaner quicker. Mm-hmm. No, you you still got to go and do the other shit. You still got to go and yeah. put the work in. You, can you, need go- to, you need to be able to go in the fucking gym and like being sore and like being hurt. And that's what most people lack. They just, they don't want to get under something that's going to cause them discomfort. And that's the biggest fucking pussy move and that's in bodybuilding lately, which, you know, I had someone messing me the other day, boys. And they were like, just wondering if you can help me. I want my profile to be more, uh, have more, I want more followers on my profile. And I was, and I was thinking, what are you doing? So I checked his profile and he's a bodybuilder. Yeah. He says himself, he says he's a bodybuilder. I just messaged back. I said, mate, like if you just focus on the bodybuilding itself and actually get yeah. good at it in time, in time, people will follow you. People want to yeah. know what you're doing. Yeah. But until then focus on that shit. And that really, that just shows what people are like now. I said that to a guy when he asked me about sponsorships. He's, he's like, you know, I want to be sponsored by your company and this and that. And I, I, I want companies to call me. And I said, look, I went to his profile. I said, look, you're, you're not ready yet. You need like, you know, a little bit more size. Yep. I'm like, stop worrying about sponsorships, man. I'm like, just go to the gym, train your fucking ass off, win some shows or create a following somehow. And the companies yeah. will call, they'll call you. They will. Like, it's not, I think they're, this is the thing about people getting into the sport for the wrong reason. Like when I started lifting, there wasn't, none of this shit existed. I just wanted to lift weights. Yeah. And I think now people are getting into it because they're like, Oh, I see, you know, Bradley Martin makes tons of money and I can make tons of money. If I, if I look yeah. a certain way, they're doing it for money or they're doing it for recognition or attention yeah. or yeah. they're not doing it just because they like it. Right. But no, it's because they think that they're going to get freebies. Yeah. I mean, more importantly than anything, the, the reason I brought that up was, I want people to know that sometimes when we get into like these detailed, like minutia conversations about training yeah. and eating, it's not for beginners. Like if you're a beginner, you can just go train your ass off. And dude, I used to eat craft dinner. Craft dinner was my carb source. Like I'm like craft dinner and, and ground beef. Let's I'm going to yeah. eat that five times a fucking day. And I was growing. I was like, yep. So just like, need to simplify things sometimes. Definitely. Um, what do you think your biggest setback in your career was? How did you overcome it? James, have you had a setback in your career yet? I have, and I was thinking about it earlier, but I can't, for some reason this question came to my head earlier. And um, it slipped me, but I do think it was... Give me a moment. I want to hear what Ben has to say, because it might kick something in my head, because there was a... For some reason, I was thinking about this today. Yeah, go ahead, Ben. Um, I've had too many injuries to list, but I think the worst thing that I've that's impacted me that I'm struggling with now is getting sepsis. And then that's left me with um, some kidney scarring. Okay. You have to be very careful. Like injuries, I'm, there's always something hurting, right? But you work around those and it just is what it is. Um, the sepsis thing I find very difficult because I, I then tend to be slightly more inflamed. I have a slightly more inflamed look to me. And 
have to be careful with things I run. I have to be a lot more mindful of it. Um, that one's the, been the, the biggest impact um, negatively going forward. My other injuries, the, the bike accident, actually was a good thing. Like it left me beat up and out of work, and but it reset my life. We spoke. It reset my life, life, and it, it, I used it as a positive thing. And I wouldn't be where I am now without that. But the setback has been the sepsis. Yeah, James. I think, I think my a setback I had, and it was a silly one. I I left the coach too early when actually we had a, we we did well. Remember when I worked with Nathan Harmon, Ben? Like we did well, yeah. and I had an offer from Neil Hill. And I decided to jump ship because obviously who doesn't? But how, it didn't, how surprising. Sorry. No. Yeah, like it is what it is. Do you know what I mean? And, and it, but it didn't come into fruition. Fucking Neil Hill. <laughs> it didn't, didn't, didn't come into fruition uh, for whatever reasons. And I wasted basically this relationship that I built with a coach who'd done me justice and I won a British title with, which now, like if Nathan Harmon ever listened to this, I'm kind of sorry because we had something good going. Yeah. Um, and I left for the wrong reasons because I, I probably listened to the wrong people and I didn't put my own judgment first on my relationship with him being good. Uh, and I think that was a big setback because all of that information and all that work together to be dissipated and not look back on and worked forward could have could probably amounted to more at the time. Yeah. Well, if I can yeah. if I can defend you from the outside looking in, it's hard when you're coming up to be working with a coach who might be unknown. I'm not sure who Nathan Harmon is. I don't know how well known he yeah, is. Yeah. No. Exactly. Exactly. It's hard to work with a coach who's not really, really well known, and then have somebody who everybody knows, like Neil Hill. Oh, he works with Flex Lewis, and oh, yeah. he did, did, did. And then you get kind of a little bit starstruck. You're like, oh, maybe Dude. he's maybe he's got something for me that I didn't know about. Yeah. And I, then you I realize, won- and you realize afterwards that you had something good. Yeah, definitely. Because yeah. I, I, I literally, I just won the British as a super heavyweight for the first time. Narrowly, well, not narrowly, but I got beat by Nathan Diaster in the overall, who was also prepped by Nathan, so he prepped us both. So he was yeah. clearly good at the time at what he does. Yeah, he prepped Luke um, the year before, and he got second. He looked shredded and good. Yeah, so he, he was good. Even though, like, we all used to. Have, the problem is, he built a bad rep, and we all judged him when we shouldn't have. And I feel bad for it now, if I'm honest, because yeah. he'd done a great job with us. And I think he acted a certain way away from you guys that wasn't. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, that. But in, you know, and then the unfortunate thing is that as an adult, I should have just treated him on how he treated me, and he did treat me well. And I am sorry now. Yeah, yeah. I had a, a similar. Not, I don't know if it's the same kind of thing, but as a coach, I had someone leave me quite recently, actually, and I was shocked because he's one of my better guys, someone that I've been with for like two or three years now, and every time I'd get excited and I'd show Denise's pictures, and I'm like, God, this kid is like, and everything we got, and he he left me, and he was like, oh, you know, I can't ask anymore. I just feel like I want to learn something different from a new coach, and I'm like. Okay, but like I honestly couldn't we, we couldn't have asked for any more over the last two years. He went from nothing, like he he's a classic guy and he looks phenomenal. I did everything I asked, was always super happy. And so it was different, like from my point of view as a coach, I was a little like like did he, who did he end up going to? I have no idea. He didn't say I, I, I he didn't specify, he just said, um and he even left the door open, like, oh at some point I might come back. I'm like, well, it was confusing to me because I'm like, well, if you're onto a good thing why is that grass is green right you just want yeah this i i'm achieving this amount but maybe with someone else i'd achieve this amount yeah like, yeah you never know so i understand it but from from the other side of the fence it was a difficult i was like conf- it was confusing you know? yeah 
Well, that's why I have sympathy for Nathan, because I think maybe he felt that way. Because imagine just, you know, you just win two British titles with two bodybuilders, and then the next year they're not with you anymore. Like, so I have sympathy, and I have, and I do have, I suppose, a, a little bit of regret in that, because I just think he delivered what he promised, and, uh, you know, yeah. as a wise and older man, I can see it now. I, like I said, I think the pressure of being with a big name sometimes can get to you. Massively. Um, do you think that a higher carb diet that Patrick has his clients do is better for staying lean throughout the year? And do you therefore think there would be a little less muscle gain through an off season with that diet? I don't know. I don't think he understands Patrick's approach. No, I don't think so. This is what I will say about that from what I gather from Patrick and James, you can, James, you can tell me if I'm wrong, but, um, Patrick pushes the, his clients with tons of food but make sure their training is such that yeah. their body has to utilize it. So he's not yeah. keeping them. The word, the term keeping them lean is not right. Yeah. Cause James, correct me if I'm wrong, but if you could eat more food, he would give you more food. Absolutely. Yeah. So basically he's not feeding you less to stay lean. No, you he's, just, it's just the way that he does it. You yeah. do stay relatively lean, but yeah. obviously look, listen, if I could crack in another meal yeah. and it would be a bit more muscle and slightly softer, he would have done it. Let's, let's, let's say this, hypothetically speaking, if you're eating 7,000 calories, or let's say six more realistically. Yeah, yeah. If you could eat seven, he would give you seven. He would, especially when the goal is more muscle. That's right. So I think that, I think people are under, this is where the confusion I think comes in for guys who are starting out. Like I said at the beginning, they see you stay lean and they're like, well, he must not be eating a surplus because look how lean he is. But he would be eating a surplus if he could actually physically handle the amount of food it takes to be in a surplus. But yeah. when you weigh when you weigh two hundred and eighty or ninety pounds or three hundred pounds in the off season, yeah, it's hard to create a massive surplus because you physically cannot eat the food. And and like you guys said earlier, the more tissue you have, the more metabolic you are. You do tend to stay leaner. It's hard to get fat. So <laughs> me walking around at like. 295 can look really pretty lean it just is what it is but i wouldn't have been it wouldn't have been that way when i was lighter yeah so yeah. you know it's all situational a person would approach patrick who's a lot lighter and try and do the same it might not work but this is what I'm, that's that's kind of like entirely my point is these younger yeah. the younger kids or i shouldn't say younger kids let's say beginners or intermediates are watching guys like you james and they're like yeah. or hunter or ian or whoever and they're like yeah well, look how lean they stay. They must not be eating a surplus. And I'm like, no. these guys have so much muscle. They physically cannot eat the amount of food they need to get fat. Yeah. As long as, like within clean food, like we're talking yeah. about, talking about rice and chicken, whatever. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's where the confusion is coming into play because they don't understand why you're still lean. Yeah. Because you know, like say, if we did an exchange on what we're eating into something much more calorie dense, it'd be easy to get fat. Of course yeah. it would. Yeah. But because we are simply just eating clean sources of food, yeah. it then becomes difficult to get that, that amount of intake. That's right. Also, if I'm going to defend the coaches from my perspective on this, you can listen to the podcast and then take some of those theories and apply them in your own way. This is the reason why James goes to Patrick and gets him to actually manipulate those changes on a week-by-week -week basis because it's not just about here's the diet, off you go. It's about watching, seeing how does it respond, how is he feeling, what's happening, and then making those micro adjustments because that's the value in Patrick's coaching. It's not just 
this is like James could post his diet online tomorrow. It won't matter. Oh, exactly. Can I can I can I touch on that for one second? Just yeah, cool, because I want it as well often. I, I, I just have my own my own experience with it. After I was done talking to Patrick yesterday, we got off the podcast. I said to him, "Hey, do you mind sending me a training program?" You know, I'm working with John Meadows. I'm happy with my diet. You know, he over oversees everything, but John's not doing my training right now. Maybe can you just send me a training program? I, I'd like to try try your training out. And Patrick kind of literally said to me, "He's like, I can send you some guidelines, but I can't send you a program because the program is tied to the nutrition." So all those micro changes you're talking, like people, people will do this. They'll try and go on Patrick's page and learn everything he's doing without having to pay him, but you're only getting a portion of what he does. So James, you cut out or are you still there? He's frozen through this on my screen. <laughs> he's like, my dick's this big. <laughs> <laughs> That's perfect. Please screenshot that. <laughs> I gotta, somebody's... That bodybuilding bollocks, I know you're watching this. Can you screenshot this and make like do, do, make this? Like, I like feet that are this big. <laughs> what else what else can we say he likes? <laughs> James, are you gone or what? You gotta you want me to log off and come back? What are you doing? Yeah, just that sucks. Okay, he's gonna I'm gonna send him one sec. Let me send him another invite. But yeah, anyway, to back to that topic as you're doing that. Yeah. It, the I is a lot of what the coach's value is in, you know. You know, you can have all these fancy methods, but it's the changes and the working with the individual and yeah. uh, and kind of guiding them through it. That's where Patrick's earned his money with James, you know? Yeah. Well, I think it's all right. It's like it's the eye of the coach is what you're paying for, right? He can teach you his methods, but until he actually makes the changes, like he sees the, the thing he needs to see before he can make the changes, you can't mimic that. Like Patrick's got the experience to do it, and that's why he's creating the guys he is. Uh, let's go on with some more questions to see if James comes back on. Would you rather send nudes to a stranger or nudes to an ex? Why would I send nudes to an ex? He's already seen me naked. Yeah, doesn't well, make sense. Is it an accidental stranger? Like you, you send it by accident. Oh fuck! I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> I don't think it. I think it means on purpose. <laughs> well, then the stranger, because you're trying to get in there and get some action, surely. Yeah, but if you send it to an ex, you're probably going to get a response. If you send it to a stranger, it might just get deleted and end up going nowhere. And then, man, all my exes are going to ghost me. Yeah, mine, mine too. I shouldn't have said it. Yeah, <laughs> none of my exes are going to reply positively. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me let me text let me text James and see if he's. Oh, send him a nude. Uh, let me just tell him I sent him another thing. He's probably eating. He probably he probably did that on purpose so he could eat. He's doing. He's in lockdown mode now. He... Um. Okay, let's see. I'm 17 years old and been lifting for almost three years now, but taking it serious for over a year. Should I be watching my weight or not worry about it? Ben? <laughs> it's a, that, you know, that's a tough one. I don't like encouraging weight watching. I would monitor it over six, seven, eight months, but I wouldn't watch it week to week or day to day. You know, a lot of guys. But I think he means by watching my weight, I think he means like, should I get fat? Should I not worry about getting fat? That's how I take it. 
Okay, if that's the question, then yeah, you should worry about getting fat. Don't yeah, get right? fat. Yeah, don't get fat. Um, but don't be fucking shredded either. There's a happy medium, right? Yeah, yeah. The, I mean, this is something I have with one of my guys. He's a young kid. Would freak out if he got a little bit softer. And he's like 150 pounds and like freaks out. And I have no muscle on you. Like, I even said, I'm not, I'm not being rude, but you, there's nothing on you. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry about gaining a little bit of body fat. It's not a big deal. Five foot ten, and you weigh one hundred and forty. You, when you first came to me, you were one hundred and thirty-seven pounds. Yeah, 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 yeah. You can afford to gain some scale weight. James, you were saying something about Patrick before you froze up. Yeah, no, sorry, I got um, chopped out of the bloody conversation there. Um, I can't remember what it was now, so we'll move on. <laughs> well, we were talking about uh, needing Patrick's eye. No, no, I, I remember what it was. It's when you were talking about people about diets. Yeah. Mm. What about like, and, they, and they say, you know, here's because I get asked, this is something, it's not a rant, but. Oh, because they can't take just the diet and walk and away. And most people, yeah. people always ask me the question, whether it's on YouTube or Instagram, what is your diet? And a lot of the time, like, I know it's just out of interest, but a lot of the time it's not. A lot of the time it's because people want to emulate. Yeah. I just want to get, I, I just want to get the point across that it doesn't fucking matter, like you said. It, it all it'll all be adjusted next week. It won't be the same in three days. It won't be the same in four days. But you know why I think they think that though, because most of the time traditionally, it what is that cream of rice? It is. It's delicious. Um, most of the time traditionally, you can just get a diet and kind of figure out the rest. Yeah. Well, I stopped doing. One am I am I turned up on one of your computers? Not on mine. Not today. I'm moving mine. I made sure I turned you down today. Could I? I can still hear myself for some reason. I wonder if it's. I don't mind. I don't it. mind it. Yeah, that's yeah, really, it's loud. really loud. I've muted. What the fuck is going on? We're having technical difficulties today. I think next time we should all wear earphones. I think we should. Because I have got I have got headphones and I did get some and I've got a microphone as well, but it's just because I've got a new PC, so I didn't put it on. You don't need a, you don't need a microphone. You sound clear, but maybe your headphones would help if you guys both had them. Even yeah. just even just the microphone. The Apple. Oh, you got a microphone. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Well, anyway, let's move on. I don't care. If I sorry, go. sorry, folks. Um. um why is Fuad versus Guy Cisternino in a fist fight? Who y'all got? Fuad. Fuad. Guy's little mouth. <laughs> I love Guy, but you're all mouth, bro. <laughs> I love you, Guy. I wouldn't fight Guy. Um, you can just sit on him. You can just sit on him. He's two twelve. That's probably what I would do. I would just smother him. Wait till he like. I, I, I love him too, and that wasn't me trying to say he's a pussy. I'm just saying he's two twelve, so we can sit on him. Bro, I thought I was having a big talk the other night on UFC. What? When you were saying that you shout. Oh, we had this debate. Me and Ben had this debate. So. The bantamweight guys were fighting. They're like 100 and what is 125 or 135 pounds? 125 pounds. James, do you think I could fight a 125 UFC, pound UFC guy? You smash your face in, bro. I'm not even joking. I've 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 rolled with a black belt, 70 kilo man. Yeah. He'd smash me in 10 seconds. I know. I just like to fuck. Listen, before anybody writes stupid fucking comments, I know I would get killed. It's just funny to think about. They just get you in a chokehold like that. Yeah, I know. It's horrible. You gas. Oh, yeah. Like, I got 30 seconds max, and then I'm out of breath. That's it. 
I can I can hear myself, and I don't know why I can hear myself. It's driving. There's me nothing insane. changed since earlier. I promise. It's driving me insane. Do you oh, think maybe it's me? Is it a trend? No. <laughs> I told you I haven't started my cutting stuff yet. Okay. It's gone now. I don't know what you guys did. It's gone now. I can't hear myself anymore. Hey, I think there's a there's a, something in the room. All right, don't say that. I got a I got a phobia. Don't do that. <laughs> you guys don't have you guys have any phobias? None. None. Actually, wait. You said, do, ben, you said heights. Yeah, I can't do height. Fuck that. Like, and I'm talking like a lower, like a, a fucking step ladder. I'm like, get me the fuck off here. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, James? What are you gonna say? Um, I'm not keen on the look of you know, like back in the day when in the war they used to have the tunnelers. Okay. You know when they go through the clay, like under they dig, and they oh fuck that. So you can't your like confined spaces trip you up. Yeah, no, no, I'm not good with that. I have a I have a rescue from conf- I have a confined space rescue certificate. Yeah, yeah, which is surprising. I could save you yeah. if you get stuck. Yeah, I need you around. If you can find space that you can fit in, they're not going to be trapped in. <laughs> we got it. We're already out, mate. Wait a minute. In my in my defense, I weighed like two hundred and twenty pounds when I got that certificate, so it probably doesn't apply anymore. It's like me. I've got a, a spin instructor certificate, so I can teach spin classes. You can teach spin still. You're doing hit still. You're doing hit every morning. No, because you have to have to talk and do it. I, there's no. Fun. Oh, okay. That's true. <laughs> no, I got a fucking thing with ghosts, man. It fucks me up. I can't. I can't talk about that shit. Oh man. Yeah. I love talking about that shit. So I have to keep quiet now. Dude, when I see those paranormal, you know the paranormal shows, and they're yeah, like, yeah. I can't. I fucking skip right by that shit. I can't watch. Oh, it. it makes me like. It makes me like that, but it makes me like that in a good way. No, it makes me like that in a bad way. Yeah. See, that's what you either go one way or the other, don't you? Because then they're like. Like, if no one's home, I have to turn on all the lights in the house. Oh, I've had that a few times. <laughs> Mid, mid-30s, you still got to turn the lights on. I've been there. Uh, how the fuck do you guys stay so hairless besides James? I use a trimmer. Yeah, just trim, man. No, I mean... I have trim. I've got a system yeah, go. upper-lower. I have a system, too. I do, like, my... Yeah, upper-lower, pretty much. Yeah, same thing. You do one, and by the time that grows, you do the other one. So who yeah. does your back? Does your wife do your back? My wife does my back, yeah. I used to go, before I was married, I would go, the girl that cut my hair, she would take the trimmers in the bathroom and trim my back for me. That's nice, very nice. That's nice of her. Yeah. Well, I had to get somebody to do it. I was like, I couldn't just walk around with this. Did you have to give her like an extra $10, $10 or whatever I your was, money is. I, I don't was, know what money. She didn't ask, but I always gave her an extra 10 bucks just for doing yeah. it. But yeah. That's, mate, that's honestly really nice work, that. Well, what are you supposed to, I mean, what'd you say? He was definitely fucking her. <laughs> I was not her. Well, I wasn't going to say anything. I was just trying to I be was, nice. Ben's trying to get me in shit. I wasn't fucking her at all. <laughs> <laughs> uh, advice on overcoming the fear of jabbing a needle for starting your first cycle. Just do it. Don't be a pussy. I was a pussy. Four hours it took me. Four hours? You stood there with a the fucking, what the fuck is wrong with you? I'm terrified of needles. I'm terrified. Listen, I've never, ever liked it. I still fucking hate it. It's the worst part of what we do. It is. But I just did it. Yeah, I've got a... I've got a Denise has got a bloodlet for me later, and I'm, I'm putting it off. That trips me out that you do that at home. Well, I, how else you can do it? I don't know. I go to the the Red Cross. Like, yeah, the Red Cross, and they give blood. Appointment only right now and miles away. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I ordered a bag on eBay for $17. I have to. 
the EMT training. Basically, just I, we shouldn't talk about this. Someone's gonna go do that shit and hurt themselves. Hey, don't do this shit. Okay. Yeah, don't don't do it. Don't do it. But donate blood. Yeah. Properly. Professionally. Every ninety oh. days. Yeah, but okay. I need because the last time I tried to do it, I passed out and we had to stop. <laughs> Are you serious? Yeah, I saw my I saw this out of my own blood and I went fucking loopy. I was like, oh no, fuck this. Really? Yeah, I can't do it. I'm a massive pussy with that. I if go I blood. I go like everything shuts down on me. I go, oh no, fuck this. I go for the cookies because when they're done, they give you cookies, right? So I'm like, that's why I go. Just go for the cookies. I'm, I'm eight weeks out. I can't go for fucking cookies. And that's I'm why. Like, that's why I haven't been. If I do it on my high day, um, it's game over. She's gonna. <laughs> Do they, do they give you cookies because of the sugar? Because you might get a little bit of low blood sugar yeah. when you get that done. Yeah. Um, has anyone in your family looked down on your PED use? And what would you tell them since it was necessary to pursue your, pursue your bodybuilding career? Well, I was quite fortunate. I didn't really have any negative um, stigma in my family. My mum and, my mom and stepdad originally were like, you shouldn't. Yeah. But they were never... They knew that there was a lot of um, passion behind the project. You know, I wanted to do well. So they were not the worst parents. I know some people's parents that literally kick them out if they do it. Yeah, I, mine were very anti-everything. You know, like mm -hmm. no smoking, no drinking. No drug. So I've never had a conversation with mine. But my dad watches the podcast. So he for sure. Um, my sister, actually, we had, a, we had a funny story. Luke and I were on a rare night out. Yeah. And uh, we were, we got a hotel, the street down from our sister's offices. Anyway, we ended up dragging her out. And whilst Luke and I were drunk, we had the comment. I was like, oh, I've got to tell. Because I, I blocked my sister on Instagram, right? Because I didn't yeah. want to see all the stuff. Yeah. yeah. And she asked me that day before, I was like, why have you blocked me? And I'm like, oh, just, I, just, I, I was snappy. I was like, I made up some bullshit excuse. Yeah. And the next day we were out drinking and I was like, oh, by the way, I'm going to tell you something. Because all bollocks so just like whatever and she was like oh obviously what are you talking about i'm like oh she, she already knew <laughs> no she's like look at the size like, luke and i out right yeah in, yeah, yeah. Shoreditch, you know like shoreditch is not we stick out like a sore thumb in shoreditch she's like look at the size of you two obviously i was like uh maybe i'm not giving her enough credit i was like okay yeah I'm like, yeah i remember I'm like even my girlfriend at the time before i didn't then like I said, you, I remember I, I, we weren't together for a little while and then we got back together and I had started doing them and I told her on the first day, I said, look, you might not like who I am now because I do this and she didn't even give a shit. Yeah. I, yeah. Um, my oldest brother is kind of like a father figure in our family. Well, to me anyway, because he's so much older. He's 13 years yeah. older than I am. Yeah. He, he didn't want me to do it. He's like, there's no money. You're never going to make anything of yourself. It's a waste of time. You're just hurting your health. I was like, look, I'm doing it anyway. And he didn't like it for a little while, but now he's like, goes to the shows and shit. Mm. You know, it's funny though, it comes out later on. Like one of my other brothers was like, we got into like a little fight and he's like, look what you've done to yourself. You take steroids and all this. He kind of threw it back in my face. So yeah. I think I know like my family overall doesn't like what I do, mm. but I don't give a shit. I think, they would, I think they would always prefer if it wasn't the case, you know? Look, this is the thing with my faith. Anybody who knows me knows if I want to do something, I'm going to do it. So nobody has bothered to say to me, though, don't do it. They're I just don't. like, yeah, 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 yeah. So I, nobody's ever really given me any pushback. If for those of you guys that are out there who are experiencing that kind of thing, 
I don't know. To me, you just got to decide what's best for you. Yeah. I had a friend, yeah. I had a friend for at my old gym. He was like a 40-year-old man, and he had to keep, like, he couldn't tell his wife. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah, and he literally, otherwise, she would leave him. Yeah. And he used to have to inject himself in very weird places that she didn't know. Yeah, but wait a minute. Can I say something about that? At that point, okay, let's, let's, just, let's just pretend. Let's, I don't know this person, so let's just create a yeah, new scenario. I'll tell you exactly after Let's well. Let's say a 40-year-old 40, 40 guy comes to me right now, and he's like, I want to do, I want to do steroids, but I got to do it in secret because my wife finds out she's going to leave me. Yeah. Well, I'm going to say to him, why do you want to do steroids? Because that sounds pretty fucking dumb. You're married. Your wife, you might get divorced if you do steroids. What is yep. the benefit to doing the steroids? Yep. Like, you're not going to turn pro. You're not like the only reason I'm doing steroids, the only reason I did them in the first place was to compete and turn pro and yeah. make a living. If I was just yeah. a regular, like, 40 year old dude, I wouldn't just be taking a bunch of gas, especially if it meant that I was going to lose my wife. Yeah. But the, you like, know, the funny thing is, Ford, he was actually a champion bodybuilder. No, 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 I know. I'm not, listen, yeah. I'm, I'm just saying like. No, no, I, I, have, I get what you're saying as well. What I'm, I'm saying in his scenario is really weird. Well, let me, let me rephrase because I don't think it matters if you're a competitor or not. Yeah, go on. I guess what I'm trying to say is you have to weigh your options, right? Yeah. I, I'm going to lose my wife versus I'm going to look a little better. Yeah. I like, would have said goodbye to the wife if I was him. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I would have. I would have because his business, everything he did in this world, all, all his business and everything was off off of his physique and bodybuilding, he done really well. Yeah, that's different. Though. So I feel like he actually, his wife wasn't actually overly supportive and I knew her as well and she wasn't actually very nice. Yeah. But I mean, I totally get what you're saying as well. But wait a minute, that's a totally different situation because I'm saying, absolutely, like, absolutely. like I said, you have to weigh them, right? Yes. So yes. if your entire livelihood is based on you taking gear and being a bodybuilder or doing whatever, yeah. that's a lot more to lose now. Definitely. But if you're just like a recreational guy who's like, oh, I want to do it just because I want to look good at the bar. Yeah. And your wife is like, I'm going to fucking leave you if you do it. It's not yeah, really. You're a dickhead. Yeah, it's not really worth it. Like, it's, yeah. it doesn't make sense. I made a mistake early on when I, so the girl I was with, when I started taking steroids, not in the industry whatsoever. And I knew, she, well, I, I was like, she's not going to be into this. I'm just going to, she was in like media and TV. So it was like, yeah. Anyway, cut long story short, she found out and it was, it went as I expected. And I was kicked out. Bear in mind, I was on a motorbike. I came home from work and all my bags were packed. I'm like, I ride a motorbike. I don't know where you expect me to go. But the follow, the fallout from it was emotionally horrible. And after that, I was like, well, I'm open and honest to, if someone's going to be with me, they need to know everything. And then- From the beginning, yeah. They don't like it. That's their decision, and that's fine. But this is what I do. This is my life, and if you want to be part of it, that's fine. But you have to accept that. But I chose not to hide it anymore because it was yeah. it wasn't nice to watch, and it was mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, let me just quickly. I just out of curiosity because I've never even asked Yannick already. Yannick, what's your thoughts on on, on <laughs> like, my use? No, just seriously, like a, a serious. Can you lean in quickly? No, it's, it's your body and your decision. Can you hear that? Yeah. Cool. Okay. And She's I a good think if you're with someone and you don't support it, then that relationship is not right. Okay. Not just in this scenario, but anything. If you say tomorrow I want to go and move to Canada, and if your partner's not supportive of your decisions, then right. adios, adios, amigos. I you're, thank you. She's really hardcore, man. <laughs> She's straight, man. She's like bam. 
That's why I like her. I agree with her halfway. <laughs> no, because I, a bit too. Well, no, because I agree with everything she said in the first part. But then the second part, if if you if my wife tomorrow said, you know what, I want to move to fucking Texas, I'd be like, well, my family's here and my life is here, and we maybe should we should talk about this a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It wouldn't just be like I have to say yes because she wants to. He's <laughs> 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 it's, it's it's give and take. Give it's give, give and take. Give and take. Yeah, no, I agree with that. That's I think James, maybe you should move and let her sit in your place. She's she's a lot better at talking than I am. <laughs> um. Okay, let's do a few more. How long have we been on for? I don't think overly long. Okay. How did you meet your partners and your biggest fuck up in your relation in a relationship? How'd you meet Yannicka? In the gym. Okay. Uh, Pink's How- gym, my old gym. She used to train in there. How did it happen? And um, I'll just keep it short because I know you don't want to get bored. She didn't talk to nobody. She was really like, like you know how she's really straight like that. She was really blunt. Yeah. And uh, my set myself and uh, a friend of mine, Dean, who's like my uncle. I was like, I'm going to pull that bird. And he said, you've got no chance because she's got a head up her ass. <laughs> and um, it just turns out that one day I started talking to her about peanut butter and the, and the rest is history. Wait, wait just, a minute. Was that your plan though? Did you say I'm going to start talking to her about peanut butter? Or did no, this no, happen she, by accident? She, funny enough, we were talking about it or something in the gym and then she went across the road to the shop to buy some and brought it back just so that she could show me and talk to me about it. Uh, you, know what, you know what happened? He said, have you ever had peanut butter dipped on your toe? <laughs> I, just heard, I just heard her laugh so you're probably right <laughs> I definitely was. Well, it was about the difference between um, one had something in it it had like um, a certain seed in it as well a limited edition one she wanted to show me this limited edition peanut bar ask her that's how I started it was ask, really basic. Her, ask her if she really really cared about showing you the peanut butter or she just knew she wanted to talk to you more what was it you have to be loud it generally was the peanut butter. <laughs> it was the peanut butter. That's all right. It changed. It changed. I changed her. That's awesome. Good for you, Ben. How'd you meet Denise? Uh, she was tanning Luke at Ohio. Is that weird? She's like tanning Luke, That's and he's in his job. underwear. You know what? Do you want a full story? So Denise was there as a manager, but she because she's a pro tan manager, but she wasn't tanning anybody that week. And I was there with Luke, obviously. And the girls were tanning him. And we knew them from last year from India, et cetera. Anyway, one of them messaged Denise on the Thursday and said, oh, you'd really like Luke's training. Yeah, yeah. So the next day we were scheduled to go in at whatever time we were booked in. They told her to come in. And then they managed to talk me into getting tanned. Bear in mind, I was off. Like, I'm... For no reason? Yeah, they were like, oh, you're... (laughs) So I'm in the fucking tent, right? Fat, yeah. out of shape, off season. Next to, <laughs> next to all of the Arnold competitors, right? All the yeah, fucking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm just getting tanned, and she walked in. Well, I didn't see her walk in, but they were like, "Oh, him, him in the tent with the fat white guy in the tent." The fat white guy, yeah. And then later on at the show, they asked if we if I had like spare tickets, which I did, and then she came sat next to me, and I was like, "Oh." And I, I was with Rebecca Andrews. One of those? No. Do you know what it was? Yeah, and I was with Rebecca Andrews, right? That's the videographer. That... Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so Rebecca's this side of me. Then he sat down for the night show. And I was like, oh, hi, nice to meet you. And I turned to Rebecca and went, oh, my God, I nearly kissed her. Like, 
Yeah, yeah. It just I knew. Felt it. I nearly like lent in and just like fuck it. And I turned. She, did you when, smell? Did you sniff? Like, ah. Oh. When she was tanning you, did you already feel it then? No, she wasn't. Have one of the friends was tanning me. Oh, but I thought you said they called her in to tan you. They called her in whilst I was getting tanned. So the first time she ever saw me, I didn't Great. see her. I have my back facing away. So I'm like this. You saw your bare ass. <laughs> she was just checking to see if you had a nice bum. Yeah. That's and not it. fair. That's not fair, though. She got a sneak peek ahead of time. Yeah. A full, nearly a full frontal. Or full yeah. I met Summer. Uh, she was working at Muscle Tech, and I was one of the athletes at Muscle Tech. And we had to go do, uh, they were selling a product at the time called Nano Vapor. I remember that. So I would, you'd have to, I had to drink the nano vapor and then get an MRI done. And then it would show like what the nano vapor actually did in your body, which was pretty cool marketing, to be honest. Um, but she was the lead marketer on that product. So I drove to, I flew to Toronto and met them there. And then we flew to Montreal yeah. and did the MRI there in Mon or Quebec City, I think, and did, did the MRI. And I, I was a cocky dickhead. So I was being like, I was being, but I saw her and I was like, no, I, when I first saw her, I was like, I was, I didn't know she was going to be there. So I was wearing like sweats, like my hat, my hat backwards, just big shitty, like supplement t-shirt. And I saw her and I was like, oh fuck, she's hot. But I'm like, that kind of girl will never go for a guy like me. Cause I had just been like the previous girlfriend was a stripper and also a competitor. And I'm like, I kind of thought that was my genre. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, you get. So, yeah so, so I didn't think like the wholesome smart girl would go for the meathead, right? Yeah. So I just didn't talk to her. I didn't say shit. I was like terrified of her. Next day we come back to do more testing, but I came back like dressed up. I had like my hair done, shit, like cologne, the whole bit. Yeah. So I chatted, chatted her up a little bit. And then uh, she, I don't know, she called me with the results like two weeks later. And I'm like, you didn't really have to call me with those results. She's like, nah, I just wanted to talk. So when she called me back, we hooked up, we got a, we went on our first date and shit, and it was all fucking history from there. How old were you? I was 27, seven, 27 when I met her. But it also says, uh, what was biggest regret. your biggest regret? Your, fuck, biggest, oh, fuck your, up, yeah. your biggest fuck up in your relationship? I haven't really made many. I, cr I smashed um, my ex-girlfriend's car into pieces. <laughs> <laughs> on, pur on purpose? No, I fucking, I was driving and uh, I got, it was when I was a new driver and I was listening to a band called Cover Drive. It was really girly. Yeah. Do you remember them, Ben? No. Oh, Cover Drive. It was like a Bayesian band. It was funny. And uh, I was really confident driving because I was I just passed. Well, I thought I was confident. I had the music up really loud. So I wasn't even paying attention to the driving. And I literally went over a roundabout and was smashed from the side. Um, that wasn't it though. I raged out and I reversed from the roundabout and went into a pole. So I smashed the side of the car up. Car was still working, and I reversed it into a lamppost. What? And then I had a hole in the back. So I smashed it twice, and it was a write-off. And I had to drive it all the way home to her. And then something even worse happened. Another time, I took our car, our car, to uh, to go to. Um, I was going go karting, racing. Yeah. And I got and I hit two cars up the arse on the slip road coming off the motorway. <laughs> and instead of actually waiting by the car and, and like making sure that everything was all right, I pushed the car into the roundabout and I got in my friend's car and went to the go-kart track. And I came back and my car was gone. And that was, that was half hers as well. And then I had to get, get it out of the pound and pay for it. How old were you when this happened? Fucking maybe must, 20. 
I was just going to say, you must have been young and fucking stupid. Yeah, I was, mate, listen, I pushed the car off the road and just thought, fuck it, I'll leave it here. Holy shit. Did you on a motorway, like a motorway roundabout? My, uh... Dumb bastard. My biggest fuck up was breaking up with Summer after we met. Why did you do that? A year after we were, because you know what? Remember I said to you earlier, I was trying, she, I thought she was like the smart, like never would go for a meathead kind of girl. Uh, did you have a doubt moment? No, we were together for like a year and I was trying to pretend I was Could like be. this, this wholesome. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That guy. I was trying to pretend. And I'm like, it's, it's just not working. Cause I can't, you can't pretend to be somebody you're not. No. Nah. So I ended up kind of, we ended up falling out. We broke up for a year. And then when we got back, we got back together after a year of being broken up. Wow. But I was myself when we got back together and then everything was way better afterwards. Cause I'm like, cool. can't pretend. No. What's that? Mr. Strippers. <laughs> Need a little, trust me. Trust one more, me. One more go on a stripper. I was like, ah, one more go around and I'll go back. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, I, uh, no, it's amazing. In that year off, I realized what a fuck up. There's not a lot of, there's not, especially for guys like us, there's not a lot of fucking good girls. No, not suitable for us. And I'm not saying that, like, there's no no disrespect to any women out there, but we're not easy to be with. Exactly. That's the thing. So and for them, yeah. Yeah. You need to find, like, a special person that can deal with, the, like, our shit. Yeah. So, I, I feel bad at the minute. Like, I'm, I mean, you know, I was whining like a bitch to you earlier. Yeah. This has just been, like, it's been hard for her. She, and she hasn't made a, she's not said a thing. She's just like, you can do this. It's fine. And I'm like, I'll keep apologizing. I'm like, I'm sorry. I, I hate being like, I'm just despondent at the minute, right? I'm just quiet. Yeah. And I'm like, we're getting to bed. And I'm like, I'm really sorry. I'm just beat up. And she's like, it's fine. Yeah. Like, it takes a special. Yeah, there are other girls that couldn't manage that. Because it takes a special person to disconnect and not take things personally. Yeah. And that's, I think that was also part of the reason me and Summer had broken up after that first year. Because I did a show. And when I met her, I was in the off season. We were eating pizza and pasta and fucking hanging out. And then all of a sudden, yeah. I started dieting, and it was all gone. Yeah. And I turned into this like really quiet, like asshole guy. And she's like, "Who the fuck is this?" Yeah. And it's she took the first time. Yeah, she took it personally, and she didn't know that like that's just it. Yeah, but then she once she understood, she just disconnects now. She knows like when I'm dieting, if I'm in a mood, she'll just be like, "Whatever, I'm, I'm yeah. gonna go do my shit. You do your shit. Come talk to me when you're normal." You know, I, I, I learned a lesson as well, like from a guy's point of view. Don't diet, don't date a girl who's in a prep because she don't look like that the rest of the year. Fucking <laughs> lie. That's quite true. That is quite true. Don't date a girl in a prep. Yeah, because they would, were, I would never, I would never want to date a girl in a prep anyway. That's a lot of, that's a high maintenance relationship. It's a mad headache, that. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes it's an easy fit, right? Because you're going to the gym, she's there all the time. It's, it's like, an oh, easy fit, yeah, yeah. And then she's like super lean. She's like doesn't make up all the time because she's like getting ready for a show or something. You're like, oh, this girl's hot, you know? She's good. When you're young, it's attractive. And then three weeks after the show, you're like, holy shit, you ate everything. I <laughs> can't eat what I do. Yeah, the pounds. I would say that. Imagine how they feel about us. Well, it was fun. It was fun in my early twenties. It's just not. I don't think it's ultimately what I wanted my wife to look like. My wife and my life to look like. Yeah. I don't. I don't want to marry a fucking female version of myself. No. 
Like I'm happy with summer being like a, a completely different person because it makes yeah, us. You need to bring something different to the table. Well, when it bounces. Are... What's that? When she, beard, when she dyes her beard, you're like, stop copying me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's just no. It's like it's nice to have like you know I'm obviously the meathead, and she's very like the porcelain dollish kind of person. So we're very different that way. So I don't know. I don't think it helps. I shouldn't say that because there's a lot of couples that are together and compete together and everything. And they're very happy, but I, it just I, it wasn't it wasn't for me. I find that personally. If you can do that, then that's great. But okay. I'm not. It's, it's hard. If you can do it, like you said, if you can do it, it is great because it's very convenient. Like you're you're both cooking the same food. You're both going to the gym. You're both. I just I couldn't do it myself. I find it yeah. boring because I'm like I've got nothing to talk to you at the end of the day because I I. Yeah. I don't want to talk to you about your diet or your training. Like that's what I had Luke for. Like Luke and I would talk about that shit. Yeah, I'm like, I yeah, want to talk yeah. today at work or this or that. Like have yeah. something else going on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I agree. Um, what is what do you think is what do you feel is the best way to make a living in bodybuilding nowadays? At what point do you feel it is safe to quit a nine to five job to pursue bodybuilding? It's an interesting question. I think. Well, I'll say what I think after. Why don't you guys go first? I, I, you know what? Because the problem is here, we can only speak from experience. Like, I don't know. Like, I can only speak from my own circumstances, which are, are pretty good. Like, I'm a guy that can do bodybuilding full time and earn a wage. Mm-hmm. But, but I also know the realities of many, isn't that? And that's, that's why it's difficult. Because how can I give advice? Well, wait a minute. I know what we. I know what I see. Right. So, yeah. This this guy. I'm going to assume he's not talking about necessarily only being a competitive bodybuilder. So basically what I want to say is, okay, this guy sounds to me, the question sounds to me like this guy has a nine to five job, yeah, but he wants to live like in the bodybuilding world and make so money. Could be coaching the and all that yeah. Stuff. So I'm saying like, there's a lot of different avenues. You could be a coach, you could, you know, start a merchandise company. You could like, it's not, yeah. ever, none of them are going to be easy. There's a lot of, no, sa- it's, it's saturated and there's a lot of competition. I make, a, I make a living not off the, I make a living off stage, right? Yeah. You make a living being, being a coach. No. I make a living via a sponsorship and by coaching. Yeah. It's not nothing to do with my competitiveness as a bodybuilder. Exactly. Yeah. But that's my point. But that's my point to this person. Like, okay, if you if someone came to me and said to me, Hey, I got a nine to five job. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to do something else. Can I do it? I, I would say what other coaches have done. Like if you look at Justin Harris or if you look at John Meadows, they had built up their client list to a point where it was comfortable enough that they could quit their job and they were still making enough money with their clients. So like coaching, I think is the best Avenue to do that because you can make pretty good money coaching. If, if you're successful at it and you, you know, you're you're good at marketing yourself. But I think if you're working at some job you hate, I would build up a resume of like 30 to 50 clients. So you have regular monthly income coming in and then you can quit your job. Yeah, true. So, and it would be the same thing if you're a bodybuilder. I mean, James, me and you, I worked a, I worked a full-time job until I got a contract that was big enough that I could quit. Yeah. Yeah. No, same. And it, mine was like gradual. Like I got kind of small contracts, yeah. which allowed me to ease off. And then gradually got to the yeah. point where like, I yeah. could literally, yeah. So yeah, and sometimes you just, you, go ahead. You just, you just, you just, like you said earlier, you just put things in place to allow you to fall into a position. It's all about small increments and changes. Yeah. Well, I mean, sometimes it's not just one income either. Like when I quit, no. when I quit my full-time job, I coached for a really long time. So I was making like my salary from, from sponsorships, but I was also yeah. still coaching and I was still selling t-shirts and 
So, you know, sometimes it's, I don't think in our industry, there's a lot of people that are making money just from one thing. No. Like even Ben, you just said you're coaching and you have a sponsorship. So. Yeah, yeah it's always good. It's a good idea to try and have a couple of revenues if you can. Yeah. Yeah. I would always try to have more than one source of income. Well, that's why I like, you know, that's another thing why we do the YouTube and stuff is to try and build up something there. Um, and then obviously, like you say, there's your own merch and, uh, and then sponsors and coaching like gym you know having affiliations with gym or being a business partner in a gym you know there's so many things you can do and uh if you're smart with it god you can have a pretty nice life to be fair yeah. i think that's a, a good life lesson right not to be complacent about anything whether you're yeah in whatever field of industry Don't you know, and, and, and kind of utilize your time it's what come one of the things i love about our, our industry though because you can't be complacent like if you like when you're working a nine to five job, you can kind of turn your brain off and just go into yeah. work, just go into work and do it and go home and collect a check. Yeah. I think when you're doing what we do, you always have to be thinking, what can I do next? What can I do more of? How can I do this better? Yeah. Especially like a person like yourself, like, you know, you're very known in what we do and you have to stay relevant. Yeah. And, and then like, I'm an upcoming bodybuilder and I need to be relevant. So I have to be on the ball, you know, Ben's a, an extremely good coach in current climate. He needs yeah. to stay relevant. Like, yeah. so you do have to step on your toe, like stay on your toes. Sorry. Yeah. But that's what I mean. Like it's such a saturated industry. Everybody wants to be a coach or everybody wants to be a bodybuilder. Everybody wants to have a supplement company or whatever. Although the hardest, I think the hardest working people are the ones, the ones that are always innovating and always stand on top of it are the ones that last. Yeah, definitely. Right. Um, when you first started filming vids for YouTube in public, how'd you feel and how did you overcome the anxiety and shyness? Anybody? I didn't really get it for what, because obviously I used to do, I, I, I got used to talking when I did the old podcast, the old uh, size game back in the day. That's right. So it made me kind of comfortable. And then that was kind of an introduction to talking mm -hmm. and then being visual is just kind of an, uh, further down to the same process, isn't it? Yeah. So I didn't really suffer. I don't really mind. I've never been shy on camera. I've just been, uh, I used to be shy doing vlogs. Like, you know, when you have to hold the camera in front of your own face. Yeah. It's forced. Well, it just, it feels uncomfortable. Cause like you're at the grocery store or something trying to film like your grocery trip and you're standing there with a the camera in your face and the rest of the world's looking at you like you're an idiot. So I I'm doing that. Yeah. Like if I have, if I'm with, I'm going to Redcon in what, three weeks time, but they'll have a film crew on me and that's easy. Yeah. Yeah. And that, you know what I mean? Having them there, because you can just talk to the guy holding the camera. Yeah, yeah. Easy. Very yeah. easy. When you're holding your phone, in part, like that to me, I still feel like a massive twat. I'm like, oh. Because yeah. you kind of think that you're, because there's a lot of people out there that, not in a rude way, well, in a rude way, there's a lot of people out there that do that that shouldn't, that don't, yeah. haven't done fuck all. And that's why like, you feel like, am I just being one of them? Yeah. Like, am I being a tit, just getting my phone out and talking to nobody? But the truth is, we're all talking to somebody. We are. Yeah, yeah. But it, it is hard to accept because you, I'm kind of judgmental on some people that do it that I know have like absolutely no reason. And that's, I, I don't want to sound like a bastard, but you know, you got like three followers. Yeah. And you're like, hey, peeps, just vlog in my, you know, today's whatever I'm doing. What's up, everyone? It's like, What's everyone. Up? yeah, everyone. <laughs> you mean, uh, you know what I mean? I don't know. I can't forever about it, but. Uh, 
the it's easier the more the further you climb in this game in this industry the, the easier it does become because you know you're actually talking to an audience i'll i'll, I'll say this right. what's that you have to start somewhere though yeah so you- I'll, I'll say i'll say this it's like uh so one of the rules to anxiety is like everyone's heard the saying feel the fear and do it anyway yeah it's exactly the same thing like for example when i started the podcast i'm not good at talking to people like i'm not like it's part of my anxiety. But so every time I had a guest on and it still happens, I would get nervous. I'd be like, Oh fuck, yeah. I gotta have this guest on. I gotta talk. I gotta make it last an hour. I'm like, I don't want to sound stupid. I don't want whatever. Right. So, but once you realize it's your livelihood, you have no fucking choice. So if you want to make it in the, in the industry, social media is part of what we do. It doesn't matter if you're scared or not. You have to fucking do it. That's kind of how I look at it. So when I'm at the grocery store and I'm holding the fucking thing in my face and I'm like talking and people are looking at me like I'm dumb. All I'm thinking is people want to see this. It's part of my brand. It's how I make my living. I got to do it. I got to do it anyway. Yeah. Do it for the fans is what you're thinking. What's that? In your head, are you going like do it for the fans? No, I'm not saying it. No, I don't say ever, ever say that. I don't even like, I don't even like the word. I don't even like the word fans. I say supporters. It makes me feel better. Yeah, I get that. I get that. The word fans feels so fucking pretentious. I'm like, I can't. I just yeah. can't bring myself to say it. Um, let me see here. This guy wants to get roasted. Are we going to roast anybody anymore? I kind of don't like doing that. Here, let's take, a, let's take a female question. How do athletes, new and experienced, find a good coach? Have you ever had to break up with a coach mid-prep? break up so let's take the first take the first part of the question is how do athletes new and experienced find a good coach can i can i say the first thing is credibility like find somebody who has people on the roster that not just that the coach looks good because that doesn't necessarily mean anything but that their their clients look good right is that i agree with that there's also some of me, and it comes from experience and working with some high-level coaches, some coaches will have favorites, right? And they'll yeah. be high-level athletes. And what they get from that coach is very different from what you'll get from that coach. Yep, I agree. Yeah. I see that. Communication, I think, is my telltale sign. That's If I reach out to somebody, I instantly start assessing how they communicate back with me. Mm. before I've given them any money, right? That tells me a lot about someone. You can have five coaches and they can all know everything in the world, but if only one of them knows how to communicate that with you. Yeah. The, the, or, or, or is willing to make the time for you. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So knowledge, knowledge and reputation and credibility are important, yes. I, so, not- so wait a minute. I think what you're saying is like, and I'm only going to use this name, please don't, it could be anybody. Let's say you take Hani or Chris Aceto or any of the top, top, top coaches that are like have the biggest names. If you're like a, a new lifter or level one guy and you pay somebody five grand for the year, don't, what you're saying is basically don't expect to get the same treatment Phil Heath's getting. Yeah. Okay. A lot of the time. Yeah. So it might, time. so it might almost make, so it might almost make sense for if you're a new guy coming up, it might almost make sense for you to use somebody that you know you're going to have access to rather than use somebody who has the biggest name. Yeah, someone try, I mean, there's a lot to be said for someone trying to prove themselves. Yeah, 100%. I agree. Um, 
And if you're, again, it depends on your level. So if you're James, you're not going to go and sign up with somebody who's trying to prove themselves. But if you're trying to get to the national level, right, win a local show, qualify for a national, maybe you pick a guy that's got a good reputation yeah. locally, communicates really well, and he's trying to prove himself. Yeah. I don't know. Well, and there's nothing to say that that coach isn't going to be great. What comes to mind right away, and I could be wrong, so again, forgive me, I'm not trying to offend anybody, but Derek Lunsford's coach is not anybody like super well-known, is he? Not really, no. As soon as you started that sentence, I instantly thought J.B. Prep, right? That, I is, that who, is that what his name is? Yeah, yeah. Jay yeah, well, okay, so he's, to me, he's the first one that comes to mind because I'm like, he has a Mr. Olympia pretty much. Like Derek Lunsford, look, Derek Lunsford could be a 212 Mr. Olympia. Oh, yeah. You, you don't, don't think so, Ben? Don't you don't think he could be a 212 Mr. Olympia? So he wins it. You're losing all credibility with me in a heartbeat. Oh, how Derek you, has the tools. How do you think Derek can't be a 212 Mr. Olympia? No, I'm just, oh. He's very cocksure of himself. I like Derek. but He is very, he's very sure of himself. But if you got the fucking tools, I mean, he can say it. If he can, so you know. It's just a self-belief thing. Anyway, the point I'm trying to make is nobody knows his coach. And his coach has helped Derek create an incredible physique. So there's a, per- there's a perfect example of somebody who, you know, he found somebody who's willing to give him all the time instead of finding somebody with a human. Well, that's the thing. Sometimes thing. when you go with a coach who's not overly known, you have that time. And yeah. When you have that time and that relationship, you can really nurture something great. Yeah. Whereas when you're with a coach that's famous, they're spread out so thin, they can't actually give you the quality. Yeah. And that's yeah. where difficulties lie because I've experienced that myself before. And, uh, you know, as much as you want to work with the person who's supposedly the best in the world or whatever, if they're spread thin, you're not going to get the best of them. I think that's what happened with me and Hani, because me and Hani worked together in 2010 and, and 2011. And 2011 was one of the best looks I ever had. And he's an amazing coach. But I think in 2012, he's just so busy. I was like, I can't, I got to find somebody who has a little bit more time for me. Yeah. So it was one I wish I never, like, I wish I had never left uh, because we had, we did, we worked together so well, but he just didn't, he just didn't seem to get the time. It was a supplement company mm-hmm. and, you know, he's got a whole bunch of, he had better bodybuilders on his roster to worry about. So. Yeah. Yeah, I hear that. I hear that. Yeah. Reasons, one of the reasons I started capping taking on clients for myself because the workload became, I'm like, I can't deliver. Yeah. I could have kept accepting people. I could have kept like, just taking people's money. Yeah, I yeah. even said to a guy, I'm not taking you on until at least next month because I've got my to do list right now is too big. Can I make you know? a suggestion, James or Ben? Yeah. What happens if you make a tier system for clients? See, I've, I've thought about this because I, I had a, I charge the same rate, right? Whether you're, whoever you are, because it's, it's me being lazy. I don't have to remember a difference, right? Some, you can be a pro bodybuilder or you can be an amateur. And if you text me at any time of the day, I'll respond. And I, I can just treat everybody exactly the same. Okay, but that's number one client, right? And that's the attention I give to everyone. I know, but that, I'm saying your business model could be greater if you created a tier system. Because what you could do is, what do you charge a month? Like 250 or something like that? Uh, 200, no. 300? I don't know. Let's just say it's 200 bucks. Yeah, 180 for the full coaching. Yeah. Okay, let's say it's, let's say it's just rounded it up 200 bucks, right? For that's tier one, they get all these things. They get your phone number, they can text you, they can, you know, they get their check ins, the whole bit, right? Why wouldn't, instead of turning people away, why don't you create a tier two? And say, you know what, tier two is only a hundred bucks, but you don't get access to XYZ. You only get my program and blah, blah, blah. Because you, that's 
something I won't do. So, and there's a reason for that. No, but you're telling them upfront though, what it is, yeah, right? I know, but yeah. the value of money for me is less important. I want to treat everybody the same. I want to be a good coach. I want to be able to work with everybody to the same level to get the best out of them. I don't want to have to actively choose to give them less of a service. No, no, time out. Wait a minute. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not trying to take away from your integrity. Time out, time out. No, I know. What I'm saying is <laughs> if I cap it at say it's around 50 or 60 a month, yeah. plenty of money for me to live and you know, I don't need to your business you're very business minded, right? There's never, had, there's never enough money. Yeah, exactly. See, this is your that's where your head's at. My head's at there is always enough. There's enough. There's more to life. I don't want to just screw. No, but that's where you're wrong. See, you said it. That's where you're wrong. That's what I'm not. That's what we were misunderstanding each other. I'm saying you can be a, a great coach to 30 to 50 people and say, this is who I am. You get all of my services, A through Z. Mm -hmm. But because I'm booked, instead of you sitting on a waiting list, I'm going to allow you to get my program and my training and two check-ins a month for a hundred bucks instead of 200. Because I, so I feel like that's a short term gain, but you're, I'm going to be undoing my reputation down the line. So if I can't work with somebody the way I want to work with them, they're yeah. not going to get the best results. And that's going to filter through in a year or two years time because they're going to be, Oh yeah, I work with Ben and I, you know, they're not going to be, they won't stipulate it with, oh yeah, but I paid for his tier two plan. And, you know, maybe there's a reason why I didn't get the best results that someone yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. I, I hear that. I, I, I kind of hear that because I feel like the well, third, I feel like the 30 to 50 people that you have that will shine will eventually outweigh and carry your reputation through the, the, the few of them that are like, oh, I got his second tier plan. It didn't work out for me. That's, I don't feel like they're going to ruin a reputation from the 30 to 50 people that you did advance to whatever level. Right. It's very possible. Anyway, I'm not, you do it. Obviously you can do whatever you want. I just like to argue for no reason. <laughs> it is your podcast. You have to say things. I just like to put out ideas. It's actually not to argue with you. It's actually in case somebody's listening and they, and they might think, Hey, that's not a bad idea. Or they might agree with you and think, no, I think Ben's right. I want to course, stick to my, yeah. I would rather take on a second coach and delegate yeah that's a good idea too. have a team that works yeah i've seen people do that I'd rather go with it than yeah. have limit myself that's yeah. actually you know what now that you say that, that's probably a smarter idea because when i think of john i think john has like three guys that work under him yeah. and when he's booked he he passes off to them and he takes a percentage of what they make kind of thing yeah that makes yeah. sense i like that all right let's do one more question i'm just gonna skip through and see where it stops um, if you had the chance to become and achieve everything that Ronnie Coleman did, doing everything he did, and still end up the way he is now, would you do it? I'm not. I'm not too. I don't want to because I, like, in all honesty, like, from a personal standpoint, I've seen quite a lot of tragedy lately, and it's made me really appreciate the things like being able to fucking walk and see and smell and taste. So if I can have those things for longer, I would rather have those things for longer than be paralyzed and in a chair. Um, I don't care if it's eight Mr. Olympias. Ask me 10 years ago, I would have said, yeah, but I'm, I am a different person now. And I still believe that you can still achieve something great. Maybe not eight Mr. Olympias, but I wouldn't sacrifice it just 
to be in that position. That's just true talk. Can I say I'll take Jay Cutler's life instead? Of course. That'd be great. I'll take, four, I'll take, I'll take four Olympias and my health. Three Arnold's. Yeah, and my health, yeah, over – I don't know. You know what, man? I don't fault Ronnie for being Ronnie. Would I trade places with him? Probably not. I like my life the way it is. Yeah. But Ronnie's been forever, but I still wouldn't want to um, I wouldn't I, just, I don't want to say no. Not because I mean ultimately I agree with both of you, but I hate that people I don't know. It's like they use it as like such a negative thing. Like, oh look at Ronnie, he's hurt. It's almost like they're happy. Yeah. That he's hurt, and they're like, yeah. "Oh, look, yeah. look at you! You won eight Olympias, but you suck! Uh, like, look at you! Can't even walk! Like, it's almost like they take, uh, like they revel, yeah. they revel in it a little bit." He's the ultimate. He's the ultimate. Um, he's like the epitome of, of the sacrifice. Like he's a warrior, and he is. Like he, what he's done is unbelievable. And it's just whether you want to be that guy or not. And some of us just don't. Uh, yeah, I, I wonder. Yeah. I, I like I said, I agree with both of you. I don't think I would want to sacrifice my health for the Olympias, but at the same time, it's he's gonna be he's the legend of legends, right? So of you you pay you pay the price for that. And it comes down to whether you care about what is left after you're gone in yeah. terms of legendary status, or you care how you spend the rest of your days. So yeah. I mean. I've- I think I think Ronnie is like you say the best of in my opinion he's the best of all time right yeah me yeah. too number one but then his like like James said his sacrifice sacrifice was also has now been the biggest of all the greats right you compare him to say Jay Phil Dorian, yeah I mean Dorian and Jay have it made right now yeah, yeah. well sort of like Phil Phil has it made Phil's the healthiest of all of them probably. I think Jay's probably got it sewn up the best. Jay's probably had the best, yeah. Business. Yeah. yeah. He's yeah. super well. Like, he's yeah. the spokesperson. He is the yeah. man. Yeah, Jay is the man. But he wasn't, he's not the goat, right? He's not. Uh, the yeah, the stage goat. Yeah, no, he's not. Yeah. I think yeah. that's where Ronnie, uh, he said, I don't feel like, uh, it bugs me a little bit that there's, there's that, oh, you, to be there, you have to, like, the, there's that negative element to it i i just wish people could leave and be like this question and i'm not faulting the person who asked the question just this thing keeps coming up like it's like i said it's almost like people enjoy the fact that he's hurt himself so they can point and say see i told you you can't do that you can't do this you can't you know you shouldn't have and i'm like it's nobody was saying these things when he was crushing everybody i think a lot of people Use that as a justification for them not to push the limit, right? Yeah, but what I'm saying is, when he was climbing through those eight Olympias, none of these people were saying, "Yeah, oh, Ronnie sucks." Uh, they're all on his nuts, and they're like, "Everyone's playing Monday morning quarterback now because they're like, oh, look what happened.' I wouldn't have done what he did." I'm like, "Are you kidding me?" When he was traveling the world and getting paid twenty thousand dollars to guest pose per fucking guest posing, any one of you would have traded places with him. Anybody would have traded places with him. It's only people saying that now. The question, the way it should be asked is, if you could pretend you were Ronnie Coleman in 2001, would you trade places with him? Yeah. Because everybody would have a builder, like in a bodybuilding sense only, not life, would be like, I would trade places in a heartbeat. Yeah. They're not, the only reason people are not now is because we know the outcome, but you never know the outcome when you're, when you're, 
when you're putting your whole life on the line for something, you don't know what the outcome is going to be. So now we can't fault him for it. That's why you, that's why you need to respect him though, because because of what's happened, because of the amount of because of everything he poured into it has led to this point. And it's you know, it's not he's still the legend, and like he can he will always be content knowing that he is the best of all time. He knows he is. And that's what he wanted. And he did that knowing that whatever happens, I don't care as long as I get that. So then you can't be mad at him. Let me because ask you this. he's not mad at himself. Let me ask you this question. Do you think yeah. if you asked Ronnie in 2001, if you said to him, hey, you got three Olympias. Uh, if you keep doing what you're doing, this is what's going to happen to you. Do you still want the other four or five? I think Ronnie would have wanted him. He seems to, that's, I think that's just Ronnie. I think he honestly yeah. wanted to, he, he is not happy leaving this earth without a legacy that is greater than anything. He, he was so determined to leave that legacy. Yeah. So whatever happens to him, he's content with knowing that he's set and done what he's done. Yeah. If you'd asked me that question in 2001, do you want the other five? I'd have been like, let's wrap it up here. Yeah, Go I would sleep been. for a little while. Have a nap. Yeah, but you know what? That mentality, I think that's why Ronnie got the other five. And we would have never got the first. That's why we don't have one. Right. Because he's, he's got that mentality. That's why he had. You've got to be different. You've got to be different. That's why the, different. That's why I feel like the question is bullshit. Because without his mindset, you don't get the first one. Yeah. Oh, he was nothing before, like, as well. It wasn't like he was always on the path to get, like... I don't want to use Luke as, but Luke in a lot of people's mind was set to. Yeah, yeah. Ronnie wasn't that. Yeah, Ronnie wasn't that. Never that. No, no. Ronnie, Ron, was, that. Ronnie was perennially like a, you know, people thought of him as, as a second tier bodybuilder. Second tier, tier he two, was, yeah. He was right behind like, you know, the Kevin Lavronis and, and Sean Ray's and all that. And then yeah. he exploded. But I, I just, it's, you know, people are like, oh, he should have thought of things differently. But, the way he thinks is why he was as great as he was. So it's, exactly. you can't, it's like Paul says to me all the time, right? I'm kind of a dick. And Paul's like, the same things that make you passionate are the same things that make you a dick. It's the yeah. same. That's those same traits are what make you successful or the same things that hurt you. And yeah. that, that goes for Ronnie. Like the same things that yeah. put, put him in a wheelchair are the same things that made, made him the greatest. Yeah. Yeah. So those qualities are. That's the thing. That's the, but that's like anything in life, isn't it? Like, when you exert serious amounts of energy into any one given thing, there is consequence. And it's just whether you, you don't mind the consequence or not because you want what you want. You're and Ronnie wanted, what, Ronnie wanted what he wanted. Everything costs, right? Everything costs. You know, nothing's for free. You know what I love about this? This is my hashtag. In a, you, guys just, you guys just talked about, this is my hashtag in a nutshell. That's just it. sacrifice without regret that's what it is, it is. no it, it is honestly. because you're going to put in everything into something and you it's not with it doesn't matter where you end up you're going to put it all there and it might end up bad it might end up good but it's all going in yeah, yeah. and that that's what ronnie did it's an investment and that investment could pay off the investment could bite you in the ass and leave you short but that's what you got to determine whether it's worth the risk yeah what's this I lighting thought. what's this what's this lighting you got going on james it's very it's very mysterious, like half your face. I know, I don't know today. Do you know what? It's because my telly wouldn't do what it normally does. It wouldn't go white. So it keeps, look. I don't know. It's weird. It's like half two-face. Half you Um, I think next week, are you guys on with me next week? Are we on what holiday? 
no, no. Are you on here next week with me? Oh, if you said back? holiday, well, no, I don't think so. Um, no, are you, are you coming back next week? Mate, if you're, we're, we're, we're free for you, you know that. Uh, I think we might have a fourth guest joining us next week. Is it I've a never, secret? Well, for now, we'll leave it a secret in case he backs out. But uh, I don't know. I've never done four. Do you think it's going to go okay? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah? It'll be fine. All right. Yeah. We'll see. All right. We did gonna... do four. You have done four. Wait. When? when? Uh, no, we haven't. He tried doing me, you, and Ian, and that I. Oh shit! Yeah, and, yeah. And yeah. His his internet failed. Okay, it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll work out. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm gonna go eat. I'm sure you guys gotta eat. Oh, you already ate. You just ate. I had to have my post workout. Sorry, boys. I apologize, by the way, to random people DM me and getting very short answers, if any. <laughs> yeah, we all get a pass when we're dieting. You know, it's fucking. You can't judge us. Although, someone asked me a question earlier, and I gave him a, a, an answer, and he said he didn't like the answer, and he said, oh, remind me not to ask you a question when you're in prep, and I said the answer would have been the fucking same. Like, don't yeah. use my prep as an excuse for you not getting the answer you fucking want. What does that mean? I don't like the answer. Who the fuck are you? No, I, 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 he just didn't like the answer. No, wait a minute. If somebody sends me a fucking message, and I respond, and they say I don't like the answer? No, he didn't say I don't like the answer. He said oh, I should know better than to ask you a question during a prep because he thought I was being too blunt and didn't like the answer. Yeah, well, he's still implying the same thing. I'd say, you know what? Maybe you're right. Don't fucking ask me anything. Yeah. I, I, I did say, I, I said, you got the same answer whether I was in a prep or not because you're wrong. Listen, man, we do whatever we can to help people, but they shouldn't feel entitled that we have to give them like this exactly. long response or something. They didn't, he didn't pay you for a fucking answer. He didn't. We're doing this stuff because we like to. And I, people need to, yeah, get, get me off on a fucking rant. They need to, they need I'm gonna to wind saying, I'm going to start saying the C word a bunch of times and shit. <laughs> yeah, people need to wind their neck in, as they say. Well, it's like, come on, man. Fuck, you can't be, you're, you're literally like asking a coach for free advice. And then you're like, I don't like, oh, I don't like the answer, even though he didn't say that. He implied it. I'd be like, well, how about you buy the fucking coaching and then fucking complain? Yeah. The other thing, I've, normally I'm, I'm quite diplomatic at how I reply. Some people are like, hey man, um, I know that you're busy and that you uh, charge clients money for this, but this is what I'm currently doing. Anything after but, I'm going to stop. Me off. Yeah. You just there said, you just said, I know you charge for this, yeah. but I don't care. <laughs> yeah. But I'm going to chance anyway and see if I can. <laughs> anybody, anybody that does that to anyone, you are a fucking arsehole. <laughs> no, honestly, you are because you're just taking the fucking Mickey. Oh yeah, there's. Listen, I tell people all the time. Somebody, I forget what somebody said to me one time about like. I forget what somebody. Someone said something about me using people or something. I couldn't remember what it was, and I'm like, look, man, the amount of fucking information you can get on my podcast is like, you would never need a coach again. Exactly. Don't don't come at me with any of the shit, like. We provide between the three of us on here and like all the other people I've had on this podcast. I'm covered, man. I don't feel bad about shit. No. So anyway, Ben, just tell them the fuck off. Tell them to kick rocks. I'm going to send them your way. I, know, yeah, I said, through it, through it, to message him. <laughs> and then I'll tell them to kick rocks. I said, fuck you, man. Get out of here. All right. Uh, I'm going to go eat. I thank you guys for coming on again. We'll do it again. Yes, sir. All right, all right brothers. Let's... Talk to thank you later. Thank you very much. Bye.